Welcome to Semper Sometimes with Benny. Tonight I have Nick with us. I've known Nick for probably about like seven years by no, like you were a corporal when we met. About five now. Like five years, and this is only the second time we're meeting in person. Uh, the first time was when he was a corporal on recruiter's assistance, came home, was doing some home hometown recruiting, and we ended up meeting each other, and I was in charge of taking him around because of Staff Sergeant Arana at the time, well, still in the Staff Sergeant Arana, but Staff Sergeant Arana put him in the Marine Corps, and then he came out on, on recruiter's assistance, helped me out, and then we became friends ever since, and been talking about getting him on the podcast for probably a couple of months now. So, for the first time ever, without further ado, welcome, Nick. How done? I'm phenomenal. How are you? I'm fantastic. Are you ready to finally be on the show? Absolutely. No, it's been a long time coming, that's for sure. <laughs> it has. We've, I think, rescheduled like two or three times. Yeah. One time it was me, then you got sick, and then your mom, I think, got sick. Yep. And it was like a whole bench, yep. bunch of times. This but COVID world we're living in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently that's going now. Yeah. But, um, oh, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but, so, how did you find yourself in the Marine Corps? Why did you join? Did you just, like, was it something that you always knew was going to happen? Well, you know, it's kind of a funny story. So, I, in high school, you know, ambitious as I was, I thought I was, you know, uh, going to own my own company, go to college, everything was going to work out, be easy going, you know. And, you know, as 17 years old, everybody thinks that everything's going to work out, right? But the reality is, is you have to work. You got to work your ass off in life, right? So... I uh, I wound up getting in trouble down in Virginia on spring break, mm. and uh, here we are on spring break again, going to Mexico now on <laughs> okay, Tuesday. All right. So, um, hopefully we don't repeat the past, you know. Um, but I got in trouble. Uh, I got a possession of marijuana charge, mm. and um, I wound up getting a lawyer. I, you know, I, I cleaned myself up, and I beat the charge. I went to the Marine Corps, and I said, "Listen, you know, I want to change my life. I want to I want to join the Marine Corps." And uh, first, I was in, uh, coming out of Tom's River. They told me no. And they were like, You're, there's no shot. You can get in, like, with this, you know, problem and all this stuff. And I didn't understand it because I'm like, you know, it's not on my record. Yeah. And uh, the Marine, it, they're telling me the Marine Corps won't take me. But, you know, my father's an ex-Marine. When he was in, they were letting guys from, you know, either prison or the Marine Corps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you're telling me I can't get in because I smoked a joint. Yeah. Right? So... I kept fighting it. I fought it for almost two years. Mm. And I took it to Monmouth and Staff Sergeant Yajama, now Gunny Yajama, um, basically took me under his wing, helped me out. Sergeant Arana at the time, yeah. um, you know, was my was my recruiter. But, uh, I mean, you know how it works behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. The big man at the top is the one, you know, really pulling all the strings. And he, he made it happen for me. And, you know, I, I wound up going... To boot camp, I was the Iron Man. I did really well, and you know all that stuff. You know all this squad leader and all yeah, that yeah. stuff, right? It's you know it's important as you think it was at the time. You're looking back, it's you know it's really not, but it is, but it is though. It, it is, is to yourself, and it separates you from other people. Absolutely. and it also it does. They do look at it throughout your career and stuff like that. But as far as the the waiver process and stuff, I definitely want to try to light on that because it's insane the amount of people that won't just take the time to do the waiver. Right. Instead, they'll say, hey, man, you have no shot in coming in the Marine Corps. You're beat. And then right. you have people who just don't want to do the work. Right. And there's this dude um, from Freehold. He's, he's I think he's still in the Marine Corps Reserves, but his name's Robert Altarizio. 
And he literally was going back and forth for years. And every recruiter, every time a new recruiter would come in, he'd go in. And the recruiters would be like, nah, man, you're not going to get in the Marine Corps. He had, like, like, all these medical issues. Like, like I don't know exactly what it was, but he had a lot of issues, right. a lot of things going on. And no one wanted to do the work. So finally, his mother, who is like a, a nurse, went through the entire medical waiver process on her own and was yeah. like, this isn't disqualifying. He can join the Marine Corps. Right. So she ended up getting a hold of the recruiter, Staff Sergeant Santana, now Gunny Santana. I remember. And he ended up putting the kid in the Marine Corps. And now he's a freaking, I believe, a corporal, maybe a sergeant. And it's like all because somebody was like, no, nah, man, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. And the same thing with you. Right. And especially like, now, are there big, huge differences? And do like people think, oh, okay, you know, it's very easy for me to get something expunged. Okay, it doesn't mean it's still not there. No, for when sure. When we pull it, it's there. We can see it. Like, I had a dude who paid, like, $16,000 to get rid of something, and we told him not to because we were like, we're still going to see it, and it's still the same waiver. Right. And, of course, after he paid sixteen grand, and we still had to do a right. waiver, his dad was like, why don't we sign? I was like, I told you guys all this. Like, right. you could have saved sixteen grand, brother. Right. Um but so definitely the waiver process is there, and it is it hard? Yes. Um, but a lot of times people just don't want to put the work in. Right. But thank God you're in the, you got in the Marine Corps. Yeah. So why did you? So so I understand like you were saying like you grew up you you wanted to you know be this business owner build do this stuff. But what was it that said hey I'm going to be a Marine? Like how did that? Well, to be honest with you, it was just knowing like listen my my father you know he's uh, he's not a businessman. He's an electrician. Okay. You know what I mean? But the work ethic that my my dad has is something that, like, I always strive for, right? Mm -hmm. So if I could – I knew I wasn't stupid. Mm -hmm. So I said to myself, like, you know, as long as I could use my brain, get myself on the right path, yeah, develop the qualities I know that I have mm -hmm. through a process that, you know, I mean – Let's face it, not most people can do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, so everybody I think can can get into the military and, and do it, right? Yeah. But it takes a you know, somebody different to succeed and do things that are above and beyond the status quo. Agreed. Right? So like, you know, getting awards and, and, and finish top of your class in all the schools that you go to and you know, being uh, you know, uh getting meritorious promotions and doing all that stuff. As you know, as stupid as it is when people talk about it while you're in the Marine Corps and you're in yeah. the fleet and all that stuff, right? Yeah, it matters. Yeah, because like I can tell you right now, I got out of the Marine Corps, and let's whenever you get out, anybody who's gotten out of the military, I don't care, they they'd be lying to you if they told you that they didn't struggle at all. Yeah, most people go through some type of adjustment period. Yeah, hundred percent. Some last longer than others. Mm -hmm. So and, like, you know, the the whole thing is just like. I said to myself, I need to differentiate myself from my peers. Mm -hmm. What is going to set me apart from the rest? How old were you when? when 19. Okay. Well, I was 18 when I made this decision. Okay. But so, you were, but so now what, what led you to realize that? Like, what led you to realize, like, you know what, I got to separate myself. Driving from home from people. Florida thinking my dad is going to kick my ass when he gets these letters in the mail. Mm. That's what made me think, like, all right, it's time to straighten up. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was a kid. I was yeah. 17 or I was 18 years old. Yeah. I was a kid. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I made a stupid decision. When my parents told me before I made the decision to go down there with what I did, not to do that. Yeah. And I still did it. Yeah. And you know what? I would never take it back. Yeah, 100%. Not in a million years. Because mm -hmm. that whole process that I went through. My parents looked at me when I told them, and they said, you're on your own. Get a lawyer, figure it out. We told you not to do it, figure it out. And I did. Bro. I freaking worked my ass off. I got a lawyer. Paid like 2500 hours. 18 years old. Yeah. It's not easy to come by at 18. Bro, that's fucking... Like kudos to your parents, boo, bro. Because like, and that's like I'll tell you, man. Like even like even now with my kids just being like three, my son's about to be four, my daughter's about to be two. You know, I have another one on the way. Like even at this time, it's so hard to be a parent, but to be that grown and to have a child at eighteen, nineteen years old, like, and you're always like, okay, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? And you know, I don't know. I have a lot of friends that I grew up with that are richest, that have all this money, right. and when they made ish, when they made mistakes, all their parents did was bail them out of them, yeah. and then now. They have three or four kids, and they're still getting bailed out of their things. Absolutely. And it's like, bro, you never learn. So because you never learn, you just kept doing it, and there was no repercussions to it. And then you grow up in life, and you think that that's how life is, that people are going to care. And it's like, no, nobody cares, bro. Like, you messed up. You got to fix it. So it's awesome that your parents did that because you wouldn't be where you are right, right. now if you didn't Absolutely. have to fix your own issue. Absolutely. So... What would you say, so before we get into, like, what did you receive from the Marine Corps? Like, what was your Marine Corps career like? Did you enjoy the Marine Corps? I did. did. you hate it? I enjoyed it. Listen, I mean, everybody goes through the whole, like, you know, um, this sucks. I don't want to do this. You know, I was a section leader as a Lance Corporal, and I still went through those times. So, you yeah. know what I mean? It doesn't matter how hard you're working. You're going to go through it. Yeah. The day in and day out of working in general sucks. Yeah. Right? But... The experiences, the friendships, the, that's the biggest thing for me. It's like the people. Yeah. I don't miss the Marine Corps. I miss the people in the Marine Corps. Yeah. I miss the camaraderie. I miss like yeah. the brotherhood. You know what I mean? I miss being able to go next to my boy's room in the barracks, knock on his door and just bullshit. Yeah. Because like, you know, now I live alone in West Orange. I don't have that no more. Yeah. You miss the circus, not the clowns. Yeah, absolutely. Or no, you miss the clowns, not the circus. Whatever. I guess. Yeah. Right. 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 But like, so, 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 what was your? What, the reason why I asked the question, like, what was your experience like, is because I, I, one of the reasons why I started this podcast was I hated all the times me seeing people who bashed the Marine Corps, who were like, it was the worst four years of my entire life. Why did I do this? Recruiters are liars, and it's like, no, recruiters aren't liars. It's Some just. Are. Like, yes, okay, so are, are, there some, are there some out there who can embellish? Are there some out there who can, you know, I guess... I would argue say, that 50% of them are in, in it for the right reasons and 50% are not. Yeah. You know I'm, what I'm saying? Like No, yeah. Because I've met so many people who, let's just face it, they're recruiters lied to them. Like, if you allow, and, and this is nothing against anybody, but if you allow a 240-pound kid who doesn't look like he could run a mile let yeah. alone three or that he can't if he's doing the minimum of three pull-ups you shouldn't let that kid go to boot camp i agree that's a lie no i i agree that's a numbers game and that's the problem with the right team. absolutely no, and i understand that but and i agree and and the standard needs to be higher no what what it is is that the standard needs, I would agree that the standard needs to be higher, but not only does the standard need to be higher, but we need to actually make the standard matter. 
Absolutely. It shouldn't it's, just it's, be based it's, off it's, of, oh, well, I got three recruits this month. Well, that's well, I'm not sure exactly that. how it yeah. works, but well, no, you get my point. Like, so per month, you guys is, have to bring in, or per quarter, you guys have to bring well, in a certain amount. Because what happens right? is, is that you have to, you the whole Marine Corps is given a number, and then it gets broken down by station, right? right. So RS, you know, New Jersey, and then into the, the yeah, substations and, below that. And now, like right now in the Marine Corps, this is like a press. This is like the first time ever. Where like forty RSs recruiting stations missed mission. Like there's forty eight of them, forty of them missed. That's like hasn't happened. Are you shocked? Am I shocked? Let me ask you a question. You're eighteen years old. Okay. You're saying to yourself right now, what am I if I'm going into the military, right? Because I can tell you when I was eighteen years old and I was doing joining the Marine Corps, I, I felt like I knew what I was going for. Yeah. I knew what I was fighting for. Yeah. Do you, would you know what you were fighting for today? What are you fighting for? I, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Your freedom of speech? Yeah. That it's seems very, it's very different. But, but I think my, so my thing is that why are you join? like, I'll be honest, I did not join the Marine Corps to fight for my country. Like, that, I'll, be, I'll be completely honest. Like, I will 100% say that that was never, like, I'll be honest, like, yeah, my brother was in the Army. Yeah, I watched 9-11 happen. But, like, for me, I never joined the Marine I joined the Marine Corps 100% out of, like, number one, two days before I joined the Marine Corps, I said I would never join the Marine Corps. And then two years, two, literally two days later, I was joining the Marine Corps. And for me, it was more so the brotherhood, the pride of belonging, and something that I've never, I've never had. So, and for me, it was, now, mind you, though, if that's the case, if the question is, okay, well, what are we fighting for now? The answer is because we still believe in all of those things. Absolutely. And the only way that we can somewhat even try to achieve those things is by being part of the people who do it. I don't and, disagree with you, but you also have to take it from another perspective. Take it from the 18-year-old's perspective. Right? Oh, no. But the, the numbers are down. So clearly it's not just, you know one thing no it's right? a lot of things but you also have to think like as an 18 year old kid you're trying to make the best decision what is best for you right yeah you go into the military if you don't they just proved if you don't want to get something that they want you to get regardless of whether or not it's approved of or if it's a uh let's face it this vaccine is a emergency vaccine it's still not approved for anything further than that it's it, it is not you know we don't even know what this thing's gonna do and i'm no expert I'm vaccinated. I didn't want to be. I had no choice. Yeah. You want to get a job as, with a Fortune 500 company? Good luck getting it without a vaccine. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. So I had to get it. Yeah. But the reality is, is like, if I was in the Marine Corps, I probably would have said no. Yeah. Because Which the a Marine lot. Corps ain't paying me 100 grand a year. Yeah. Which a lot of people did. And then a lot well, of, right. You know, and I'm I know plenty of guys I served with yeah. who got kicked out. Yeah. And like, and then you see people on Twitter. Oh, send me unvaccinated to like Ukraine and stuff. You just kick them all out. Yeah. Now you want to send them, you want to put them back in? Yeah. Well, it's crazy how that works because, yeah. you know, when it works out in their favor, it's like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, that's where I'm like, if I'm an 18 year old kid, I just, I don't know whether or not this is how they're thinking, but if I was an 18 year old no, kid, I'm, this is how I would think. No, I'm, I'll be completely honest with you, man. Like, one of the reasons why I have not going back to Marine Corps recruiting duty. Because, like, as of March 1st, 2022, I could have returned 
to active duty on recruiting duty. And one of the reasons why I haven't is because I'm not about to be in the Marine Corps telling telling someone, hey, in order for you to join the Marine Corps, you have to be vaccinated. Dude, I because, literally like, just got a text because tonight. that's the same thing with my job, with my college. Like, and but like, but mind you, so like for my college, in order for you to come to my college for certain courses, you have to be vaccinated. What college is that? Um, I'd rather not say. Um, just because I work for them and okay. I don't want to say anything crazy. Um, so like, I have to, in order for you to join the nursing program or to join this program, you have to be vaccinated. And it's not the school who's saying it. It's the state of New Jersey that's saying, hey, in order for you to go to this clinical, you the clinical's policy is that you must be vaccinated to be in the building right, and to right. work for them. See, see, no, yeah, the, same the medical situation, right? So I'm fine when I, yeah. So when I get on the phone with these people, these applicants, possible students, and the conversation of vaccine comes up, I'll just say, hey, with, with all due respect, if you don't mind me asking, are you currently vaccinated and or plan on getting vaccinated? Because I don't believe that it's my business, right. but I have to ask for the school. So I'll politely ask. Right. And then if they say no, I'll say, OK, well, in order for you to do this program, you have to be. Right. And that's it. That's exactly where I'll end the lot. Now, mind you, and that's the thing is, like, if I was in the Marine Corps on recruiting duty, that would I I wouldn't like I would not be able to sit here and be like, hey, brother, you should go get this because of this, this and the third. Right. And you know, but for me, when we talk about the the eighteen year old kid, right? If you re- if we really want to talk about reality here, why are the most 18, 19, 20 year olds not joining the Marine Corps? It's because they've been told that you need to go to college. Absolutely. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I think a lot more kids should go into the military. Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't think that, because yeah. I absolutely do. Yeah. But you here's up, what I do. But think. you bring up a great point. It's like, why is the kid, why is the 18-year-old or 20-year-old or 25-year-old, why are they yeah. joining at this time in this climate? And that's a, that's a phenomenal question. And... You know, I think. Listen, the reality is, is that you have to adapt. Yeah. If you're a company, if you're if you're if you're a conglomerate, it doesn't matter what you are. Yeah. You have to adapt, mm-hmm. including the military. Yeah. And well, they and they have not. No, agreed. And that's that's a huge part of the problem. Is that is the adapting, like you know, like there's people who this get, generation like, even, isn't the last. Well, even even with like digital communication, even with right. like social media and stuff like that, like you know, the Marine rapper talks about it all the time. He's like. When I was getting out of the Marine Corps, people were like, wait a minute, you're going to go be a rapper? And they were, like, laughing at it. Or, like, you know, right now you have Shane Official, who's all over Instagram, TikTok, and he's famous for being a comedian. And his higher-ups are like, you're going to get out of the Marine Corps to become a TikToker? And it's like, Dude, I said to to TMR that that exact thing in in his album, it was like a little clip. Yeah. And I said to him, that literally happened to me, and that's not a lie. this, I forget his name, Staff Sergeant, it started with a G, whatever, he, he came up to me one day and he said, can I talk to you for a minute? And he, he was a, a nice guy. Mm-hmm. He respected me for sure. Like, and when I was getting out, he came up to me and he said, so what do you, what do you plan on doing when you get out? I said, I'm going to go to college. And he said, uh, he said, what if that doesn't work out? And I said, well, then I'm going to go work for a guy that I used to work for back at home. And he said, well, what if that doesn't work out? And I just looked at him right after that, and I said, I could say this about everything. Yeah. I could literally do this my entire life, and if I do, I'll be broke, mm-hmm. and I will never make anything of myself. Yeah. 
You can't be afraid to fail. No. And that, and that's the thing, too, is that you have, like, people say oh, to me all the time, they're like, bro, you know there's stuff outside of the Marine Corps. Bitch, I'm a fucking reservist. Clearly, I know there's stuff out of the Marine Corps. Like, stop, yeah. you know. But I I believe in the Marine Corps. I believe in the institution. And the too. thing is, is that, like, that is an issue with people that are higher in the Marine Corps that they don't understand, like, listen, man, just because you chose to do 20 years doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the person who does right. it for you. Absolutely. And that's the thing is that, like, that's a huge issue with the Marine Corps' leadership is that there's people, number one, who should have never became gunnery sergeants, first sergeants, sergeant majors. There's a whole bunch of them that should have never made it to that point. And some of them have been so stuck in the Marine Corps that they don't realize that there's life after the Marine Corps. And Listen, there's a lot of guys who love the Marine Corps. Yeah. And those guys who love the Marine Corps, they a lot of them are very intelligent, smart guys. They could have got out of the Marine Corps and done amazing things with themselves, right? But there's a lot, and I would say more so than the other time, the other kind, who would have never made them anything of themselves outside of the Marine Corps. Mm -hmm. They're lazy. They only use their rank for power. And in reality, they don't even know shit about their own jobs. I can tell you multiple staff sergeants, and I won't go into it, but yeah. I can tell you multiple staff sergeants that I watched who didn't know a lick about what I was doing. And I'm a Lance Corporal at the time, yeah. running a section, and they're telling me that I need a sergeant to come in and run my section, but he couldn't get a mortar gun up. Yeah. You can't get up a mortar, but you're going to tell me that a sergeant needs to come in and take my job? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Maybe you should lead by example there, staff sergeant. Yeah. No, you know what I'm saying? You're not wrong. Because if I was a staff sergeant, I would know how to do mount correctly. I would know how to do every weapon system that was in my weapons platoon. If I was a platoon sergeant or whatever, I would make sure that I was very proficient in every single weapon system so that way no boot could get on a freaking gun and tell me how to use it. Mm. As a staff sergeant, you're going to really have some Lance Corporal tell you how to operate a weapon system? Yeah. You've been in Marine Corps 12, 13, 14, 15 plus years? Come on. Yeah. It's a joke. No. And that's the and that's the issue because there are a lot of people who stay in the Marine Corps who, you know, it's like my buddy talks about it, the Peter Principle. There's it's a well this long scientific thing that someone what they essentially there there's a there's a position that you were never meant to surpass, but you but but it happens like you were never meant to be past the staff sergeant like your mental state your emotional state you just cannot surpass that but. Dude, Sometimes the Marine, the Marine Corps says, hey, no, we're going to make you a gun. And it's like, hey, bro, like this dude never, never got right. out of that stage and he right. should have just stayed here. And, like, tell me how, like, and this was something that really bothered me when I was in, in the Marines. And, like, I was in it 1-8, all right? So I had a, a cook as a sergeant major. How is a cook a sergeant major of an infantry family? How? He can't relate with us. He can't. I'm sorry. He just can't. He doesn't know what it's like to be a grunt. Yeah. It's a different lifestyle. It just is. Yeah. Anybody who's been a grunt will will, will tell you that. Yeah. It, we just do things differently. We yeah. blast our boots lower. We act a little grimy. We're just, we're nasty, dirty grunts, like, bottom line. Yeah. And, like, you got some guy with his boot blasts all up high telling you, like, oh, you got to pull your boot blasts up and you get your hands out of your pockets. Like, dude, F off. You know what I mean? Like, in reality, you're not out there with us in the field for two weeks. Mm -hmm. You're sitting in the in the, the you know HQ or whatever. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, come on. No, I, hey, listen, bro. I I get it because like I remember when I was in Afghanistan. Like I, I've told this story on the podcast a thousand times, but I remember being in Afghanistan and 
we had just gotten back from a mission. We were out. We were out for like three weeks straight. We came back grimy as fuck, and we're in the shower. We're, we're hopping out the shower. I get out. I'm, I'm wiping off, and my buddy Magulik is standing right next to me. He's wiping off, and right across from us, the op, on the opposite side of the showers, the sergeant major gets out of the shower, and he was this big, tall black dude. His dick's just wagging around, <laughs> and. He, he looks like him and Mogulik are standing at each other, like just staring at one another. And Mogulik's just like wiping off. Mogulik's this big white, I think Russian dude. And he's wiping off. He's getting ready to, to just put his clothes on. And the Sergeant Major looks across at him and goes, Hey, Marine, you're not going to give me the proper greeting of the day? Yeah, like, fuck off. And this dude, Mogulik, just looks at him and goes, Sergeant Major, your dick's hanging out. <laughs> and like, and it was like, what more of a conversation do you want to have right now? Right. Like, this is the conversation right. you want to have at 3 a.m. in the morning when you can tell that our dirty ass camis are on the floor. We just got back from a mission. We don't have a shave. Yeah. And this is the conversation you want to have at 3 a.m. Right. Is I'm sorry I didn't say good morning to a grown ass fucking man. Right. Like, right. so I definitely agree with it. But to be the devil's advocate, like, I get it. Yes, cool, your O3s, you know, your infantry ranks. No, but we still going. have a standard to hold. So, like, but at the same time, like, you, you do have to look at it from this perspective, right? Like, you walk into the PX, right? Mm -hmm. You got holes in your camis. Yeah. Right? So, little little holes, right? Yeah. It's not maybe, at, it's maybe borderline yeah. Adirags, no, right? that's stuff. But that you got some jerk off who's a, a gunny or a staff sergeant who's going to yell at you because you got holes in your camis. But in reality, Hey, asshole, how much money do we get per year for uniforms? It ain't much. How much does a uniform cost? With boots, well over $200. Mm -hmm. It's basically your uniform allowance for one set. Bro, how do you think I feel? And as a grunt, you're going through two, maybe yeah. three pairs of boots a year. Bro, I've had the Come same. On, I've been in the Marine Corps for 13 years, and I've had the same camis since boot camp. And I refuse to go out and spend my own money on right. camis and because we don't get a clothing allowance. And I've literally had that conversations with with, with higher ups, and they're like, like I, I had you go to somebody, the army, you go to SIF, you yeah. literally get a new. But pen. I had I had somebody literally put their finger because I have a hole in the top of my blouse, and like some gunny was like put his finger in my blouse, and he was like, "Hey, hey, staff sergeant, you're gonna get a new blouse." I was like, "No." I was like, "Are they gonna give me a new blouse?" It's not out of rank. I've been I've been asking for a new blouse for years. Like, if, listen, my is whole thing was, even as a, as a section there, if I had a boot, right, I had six. Junior Marine done me, right? I would say to them, as long as your your thing is, if you do this with your finger and it's smaller than that, I care less. Yeah. If someone says something to you, you say okay and move along. Carry on. <laughs> Literally, carry yeah. on. So how how was your your what did how was your experience with senior leadership in the Marine Corps? Did you <laughs> and then and then being out of the Marine Corps? Because here's the thing: which deployment? <laughs> because here's the thing. Because that matters. Is the, well, agreed. But here's the thing: is that like a lot of people sit here and bitch about the Marine Corps, and this that's not what I ever want to do. Because the reality of it is, is that we can bitch about the Marine Corps, but then you go to the civilian world and you realize it's not much better. No, it's not. It's not. No, you listen, that's why shitty people like you as as like you can compare like a bad sergeant major is the equivalent to a bad director at your Absolutely. job. Absolutely. It's Absolutely. the same thing. It's no, for sure. People are going to be people. But one has a lot more control over you than the other. Yes, agreed. But now, so, okay, so what were some of the issues that you saw, and how do you believe they could have been corrected or we could correct them? 
All right, so my first appointment, I had a phenomenal time. I had phenomenal leadership. They would have died for their their Marines. Okay. From the captain on all the way down, all the company leadership, they were great men. All combat veterans, all just leaders to the highest degree. My second deployment, completely contrary. Mm. Not combat veterans, really only cared about their careers, didn't give a shit about what you had done prior, didn't care about what you'd done for them. They literally only cared about their careers. Mm-hmm. I had nothing more to say about that other than like, you know, from the, from the company commander who was about to pick up major to the first sergeant who was a career going, a career guy and TMR talked about this the other day, going back to the drill field. Mm-hmm. Just continue to go back. Why are you going back to the drill field? You already accomplished that. Yeah. Why do you keep going back? Yeah. Because you're hiding. Sergeant, you're hiding. Have you, have you have, you've heard of Sergeant Major Bull? No. So Sergeant Major Bull, he got out of the Marine Corps, and he before he got out of the Marine Corps, he had a huge social media platform on Instagram, and he was saying things, and a lot of people got upset about what he was saying because they were like, "Hey, you're still currently a Sergeant Major," but m- nothing he ever said went against the guidelines. Right. Never said anything crazy, and now that he's out, now he really goes off. <laughs> And um, that was one of the things he was talking about the other day because he was a drill instructor. And he says that he's like, dude, people ask me all the time why I never went back to the drill field. And he's like, because I left everything I needed to do on the drill field. Right. If you did it right the no first time, reason. why do you have to go yeah, back? Yeah, he said that. He was like, I have no, I had no need to go back because I did everything I needed to do. But the, the reality is, is what, where, what is the best B-billet for career progression? The drill field. Yeah. It is. It's it the is. best be built for career progression. So if you are a lifer and you don't mind being a drill sergeant or a drill instructor, whatever, yeah. why wouldn't you go there? You would. It's a lot easier than recruiting because it's quicker. It's a lot easier. It's quicker. You're, you do your cycle, then you get a break. You do your cycle, you get a break. What do you do? Four cycles and you're done? I'm not sure. Whatever it is, it's a number, right? Yeah. You do a certain amount of cycles, you're done. Yeah. Recruiting's what? Years. Two years. years. Yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't you be a freaking recruiter? Well, a, no. So drills are still three years. But like you said, you do a cycle, you have a time off. You do a cycle, you have time off. Recruiting duty, there's just three And I would three argue, years. like, the, the, your first cycle probably really Well, sucks. and also you're not. When you're a kill habit, it's rough. Well, and also you're also not a drill instructor the whole time. Because right. you become a drill instructor, a chief drill instructor. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. as a kill hat, it's rough. That's tough life. Yeah. And I don't know. So, any of you out so. there who are kill hats, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to call you out here. Well, I agree. I, it sucks. Yeah. No, and I, I can't speak on it because I know nothing about the drill field. So, I can't sit here and be I like, I watched oh, one of mine pass out one time, dude. I was like, yo, that sucks. Yeah. Because they run around. Like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, they run around. I give them that. But, like, when you're up to, like, you know, the, the knowledge hat or whatever they call it, or and then you get to, you know, the heavy, and then your life ain't that bad. Doesn't seem that bad. I don't know. Maybe you don't get a whole lot of sleep. But maybe we don't know the answers because we're right there. You're right. You're right. You're right. But so back to what what we were talking about as far as like the leadership though, like you got out as a corporal or a sergeant. Corporal. Okay. So what were some things that the Marine Corps, like how did the Marine Corps help you to where you are now? Well, here's what the Marine Corps did for me, man. My when I. I broke my foot on my first appointment. Okay. And I was sitting up in my room in Okinawa. How did you break your foot? (laughs) 
Well, I guess I can say it now. Uh, I was in a nightclub in South Korea, and I snapped my foot dancing. Uh, broke three minutes worth of bones straight in half on my foot. I knew it the second it happened. Like we were in this three-story nightclub in Seoul, South Korea. And we had like a curfew, you know what I mean? And like you know, uh, we blew that curfew off, you know what I mean? <laughs> Whatever. And like we wound up going out all night. I broke my foot. Wound up getting uh, getting stay in Seoul for like an extra like three to eight, two days because I had to go like to the hospital and stuff and all that. But yeah, I told myself off curb, got away with it, you know. But um, so yeah, um, I was laying up in my bed in Okinawa, and I was thinking to myself like, I can't do this for twenty years. I just can't. I can't do this shit. Like it's too. It's rough on your body. Like. I, I love it. I do. I loved being a mortarman. I really loved tactics. I loved like war fighting and all that stuff. Like I really enjoyed it. Like I, I wanted to learn about being an 11. I was an 11 squad leader on my second deployment because we didn't bring mortars. So, um, yeah, like I was really interested in being a Marine, like, you know what I mean? Like, and I gave it everything I had while I was in, mm -hmm. but there came a point in time when I said to myself, like, I need to do something where I can make a lot more money because this ain't it. Like I was, I watched my parents live a middle-class life. They gave us a lot, you know, they did the best they could and it was more than we could ever ask for, but I want more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I want everything and more, you know yeah. what I mean? So I'm going to go for it. I'm going to shoot for the stars. So yeah, yeah. I, I started taking college courses on my second deployment and, uh, I got my GPA up cause it wasn't too good at Ocean County college mm -hmm. prior to joining the Marine Corps. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I got my GPA up to a, a 3.0, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, 3.0, and uh, I got into the business school at Seton Hall, became a finance major, because I started doing research. I was like, where where can you make money? Yeah. Where is the, if you look up online, you know, what are the highest paying jobs, you know, for the average financial advisors right on up there, you know what I mean? It's not an easy business. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. And I have a lot cut out for me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I, I don't, I haven't started yet. I started yeah, May thirtieth, but um, I got a lot of work to do. You know, mm -hmm. so, but that's really what it was, man. I said to myself, I, I want to make a lot of money in my life. I want to, I, I at least want to give myself that opportunity. Yeah, I may not get there. Yeah, but I want to give myself a shot. Yeah, and I feel, you know, at this point, I've definitely given myself that shot. I'm about to graduate Seton Hall in May. Um, I'm graduating with a three point five GPA. Oh wow. Um, so I'm doing really well, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. and it wasn't easy getting out. I got out of the Marine Corps January 10th, 2020. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I started at Seton Hall January 12th. Um, I hopped right into it and then COVID hit. So then I was online. Imagine going from shooting guns all the time and blowing shit up. Yeah. How was that? It was, it was tough. Like how was the train? Cause you always see it, you know, you hear jokes about it. And like, I remember one time, like we, I, I dressed up as a, disgruntled vet for Halloween with a Georgian court backpack and a book um, with camis on as a joke. <laughs> but it's like reality. Like, yeah. how does it how does it feel from going, at, getting out of the Marine Corps, being <laughs> surrounded in this barracks room, deploying, being in Korea, being in Japan, like doing all this stuff for four straight years, constantly being surrounded by people. And then you get out of the Marine Corps and now you're just back in New Jersey, like, and then immediately going to college. Well, at first, um, it took, you know, I just realized this. I'll be honest with you. I just started talking to my friends about this, but um, 
it took me a while to like look myself in the mirror and I guess accept this. But uh, when I first got there, I felt overwhelmed and I felt um, like I wasn't good enough. Like everybody around me was smarter than me. You know what I mean? Like you got to think all the Seton Hall is no joke. Like it's a good school. You know yeah. what I mean? And to be honest with you, I probably wouldn't have got in there if I wasn't in the Marine Corps. Oh, really? Flat out. Why? Why do you say that? Well, because schools meet like a certain quota when they have a certain amount of veterans at their school. And by having a veteran at their school and a veteran succeeding at their school, yeah, it looks good for their school. Yeah. yeah. And Seton Hall is a yellow ribbon recipient. So in order to continue to have that funding, what do they have to do? Successfully push veterans to college. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying I got pushed to college, but they definitely give you the opportunity where I may not have gotten that opportunity otherwise. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, that's really what it was, dude. I, I I felt overwhelmed and I just didn't feel like I was up to par. You know what I mean? But then... It really took me like a year and a half, man. Like, you know, I, I, my buddies, were, I, another friend of mine, he was a Cav Scout in the Army. And he got out and he was really struggling. He was, uh, he was like using heroin and like, you know, he was, oh, fuck, yeah, man. dude, he was struggling. And uh, like, I got home, he had gotten out probably like eight months before me. And when I got out, he was not doing good. And me and him became like really close really fast. And uh, one night I'm at his house and, uh, I don't know what happened, dude. We're freaking sitting there. He's sitting on the counter. He stands up and he face plants. Out cold. Out. Like, I'm talking out. Never seen anything like it. Like, no life in the body. I freaking grab him, dude. I start shaking him, shaking him, shaking him. I'm like, Jake, Jake, Jake. Finally, he wakes up. He's still to this day, dude. I don't know if he was on something. I really have no idea. But he was out. Some scary shit. A few months goes by. I get a call. He's off the rails. You know, he's got his piece. You know, he's not doing well. Sure, you can put the piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get there. I talk to this kid for, you know, a few hours. It's a summer night. And, uh, like, you know, I said to myself, like, I was going through something myself. Yeah, Yeah. You know what I mean? But I could see how, like, deeply affected he really was you know what i mean and like i helped him bro like honestly i got him out of that hole today he's not using drugs anymore he's freaking got a girlfriend he's living great life in the union doing good things like bro i honestly fixed myself by fixing him yeah like i was struggling and in order for me to do better I, i i don't know i didn't do this on purpose yeah but like subconsciously i was helping him to help myself. Yeah. And like, you know, other veterans out there, don't be afraid to like, it doesn't have to be another veteran. Yeah. You see somebody struggling, like you might feel better and it might not be immediate. Like it wasn't for me, you know, it took me another six, seven, eight months to like feel like I was happy again. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, you know, it takes time. You gotta, you gotta listen. Life is about the highs and the lows and you're probably gonna have more lows than highs. Yeah, Yeah. But you got to live for the highs, right? But, like, what were you, like, in this time that this was going on, like, what was affecting you, 
like now being out of the Marine Corps? Was it the lack of camaraderie? Was it like did you find yourself being a loner because like I think it was that because like, I didn't I wasn't adapting to, to my environment the way I, I maybe should have and you know I I, I was tw- I'm 25 years old yeah I was 24 at the time yeah you know I'm 24 years old in classroom with 18 year olds yeah it's kind of hard to relate yeah I just went to you know two I went on two deployments I've been you know in the military for four years. I've yeah. been leading men for four years. Yeah. Now I'm sitting in a classroom with people who really don't give a fuck about who I am. Yeah. They have no idea what I've done, nor do I care to tell yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. But the reality is, is like, you know, in the back of everybody's mind, it's like, you wish that, you, you know, you could just be like, like, do you realize like some of these kids talk in class and like the, the crazy talks that comes out of these, these college kids heads sometimes. <laughs> you, you think to yourself, you just want to say to him, like, dude, do you realize where I've been in life? Like, yeah. I have so much more experience than you. Just, like, stop talking for a second and just listen. Yeah. Because I wish I did at 18. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, at 18, could you look back and say, like, I wish I would have listened to that guy? Or, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%, dude. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I'm only 25 and they're 18. Seven year difference. Yeah. Seven years of a long time, bro. Especially being in the Marine Corps. Yeah, because like, and that's the thing is that like, I don't discredit anybody. Like, I, listen, I people misunderstand me. Like, I'm not saying that everybody needs to go be in the Marine right? No, but the thing it's not made for everyone. But the things that you've been through in seven years in the military are very different than the 25 year old who never left New Jersey. Absolutely, like the guy who never stopped stocking shelves at Shoprite while continuing to go to Seton Hall. Like now, mind you, I'm not. Saying that there's nothing to discuss about. Yeah, right. Like I'm not saying like, hey, you know, I'm. It's you know, listen. The Marine Corps is not made for everybody. It's just but not. what I'm saying is that the life in which we live is very different, and the things that we've gone through are very different than the average person at 25, yeah. 26 years old, because the because the responsibilities that you've had to endure are very different. And, you know, being away for the first thing, home, like not being with your family for four or five years, going to Japan, not seeing your family. You know, like the guys who right now, you know, think about it. I have a Marine who joined the Marine Corps. As soon as he joined the Marine Corps, COVID happened. He hasn't seen his family in three years because he hasn't been able to come home from Japan. Like he, Okinawa has not allowed him to leave Okinawa. So he hasn't been able to go on leave or anything. So he literally, it's been like three years since he's seen yeah, his dad. That's a long time. You know, and and, for, and you didn't sign up for that. No one knew COVID was coming. And, you, you know. Think you're going over and, well, some people knew, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but so so what would you say, if you look back at your time in the Marine Corps, what, how would you say that it helped you grow as a person? Because you're saying like. It helped me refine my skills. Like. Listen, I've always thought that I've been a natural leader Okay. my entire life. Listen, I was like ninth grade in high school. I was 90 pounds, five foot tall. Not big for a ninth grader. It's very small for a ninth grader. You know, most kids are like five, five, and, you know, ninth grade. What are you, five, one, 92 pounds now? Yeah, basically. But, um, yeah, like, you know, I was a, I was a little kid. You know, I, I, it took me basically until I was a junior in high school. To grow, and then finally, I'm like, you know, five eleven. All of a sudden, and everyone, you know, things are different. But even then, I was a leader. Okay. I wasn't even playing. Yeah. And I was a leader. Mm-hmm. I was the captain of these teams, and I wasn't even contributing. Yeah. But 
because of who I I had a guy literally last weekend I was out at the bar for the polar bear plunge. Mm. And uh, I saw my my football coach from my senior year in high school. And he said to my brother, he goes, I got to tell you, dude. And I haven't seen this guy since I was 17 years old. Yeah. He said, I got to tell you, dude, your brother, one of the toughest kids I've ever coached. Because I I didn't care. Yeah. I would get I would get my head kicked in. I would get up. I would still be like, fuck you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't yeah, care. Yeah. Like, I'm going to continue to be me. Yeah. And kids followed me because of that. Yeah. That's that's leadership, and that's how it was with Free and the Marine Corps. Absolutely. So how? So who would you say? Not you don't have to name names, but like, were there people like senior leadership, senior NCOs, senior lances, or like people who brought you up and like who were like how did they teach you? Like how did you refine the skill of leadership in the Marine Corps? So, staff sergeant Jacks. Okay. Any of you who don't know who he is, you should look him up. Okay. He was the first amputee in the Marine Corps to ever pass in the quiz. Oh. He's um, he's now out. He got kicked out. Mm. My last year in the Marine Corps, he got kicked out. He got involved in some bad stuff. You know, whatever. You can blame it on PTSD or whatever you want. But, you know, whatever. He got in trouble. Okay. Um, but that man taught me more about leadership and about being a man than anybody I've ever met in my life. He taught me how to make somebody do something. Not because you want them to do it, but because you make them want to do it. Mm. Giving people a purpose makes them want to do things. Yeah. So there's a thing called in, in finance, right? It's called behavioral finance. Okay. The brain works in two ways. System one and system two. Okay. Okay. System one is deliberate thinking. System two is quick, rapid thoughts, right? Okay. That's like, I ask you a question, you answer it on spot. Okay. Okay. The way to get people to do things, like task and purpose, right, mm -hmm. is to get them to activate system two. Okay. Not to think about it. Okay. Right? You want to get people to do things, not because they want to do it, but because they believe they should. Yeah. Right? Makes sense. So he taught me not to tell somebody, yo, bitch, go do this. Mm -hmm. But say, hey, listen, in order for the company to go and do this op, on Friday, we need 12 guys to go down to uh, whatever, calm, and pull radios. Yeah. Now he feels like he's a crucial part in the operation to go and make sure that this gets done. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. As opposed to saying, yo, bitch, go pull radios at calm. Yeah. But how many guys do that? I, I'll be honest, I've done it. Most yeah. people do. Yeah. Most people yeah. put some or rank hey, on their collar. Hey, go do this because I'm a staff. Put some rank on their collar and yo, bitch, go do this because yeah. why? Because Marine I Corps. So. I used to get because Marine Corps. Yeah. That's not an answer. Yeah. And I'm going to question fucking everything. I yeah. still do it today. Yeah. I mean, if you look at my Instagram, I question the government every damn day. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, uh, Staff Sergeant Jackson, dude, that man taught me. He, he, he taught me how to be a man, but because he would always say, you're a man before you're a Marine. hundred percent. And like, you need to understand that one day you are not going to be here anymore. Yeah. Whether it's on your own cog recognizance or yeah. the Marine Corps telling you you're done. Yeah. Because whether you get in trouble or not, one day the Marine Corps is going to tell you you're done. No. And that's a great point because, you know, I've said the same thing too. Like, bro, you're a man before you're a Marine. And at, the, and at the end of the day, like, I'm going to respect the man over the rank. 
Like, I'm going to, and I've said that before, like, you know, there's plenty of people that I cannot stand in the Marine Corps. But at the end of the day, good to go matching us. Yeah. Good to go Sergeant Major. Roger that. Yeah. And then meanwhile, am I looking at you in the same way? No. Because as a man, I don't respect you at all. Right. And and it's because it's reality. It happens, you know. And it's, you know, but then there's those people, will you stop? Then it happens that there's those people that you respect both ways. Right. You know what I mean? And and it is. Because like, I remember there was one time I had a, there was this Marine who was a little overweight. And he was just, and I can say this honestly. Like, you know how you have those Marines that are just naturally big dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's human no, beings. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. There's human beings that are just That's why I think the Marine Corps weight policy is kind yeah. of bullshit. That right. Sergeant Major Bolo guy was telling you about, he, he just made a whole viral post about BCP and how they need to change it because it's retarded. Well, BCP and, um, just sets them up to continue to be fat. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so but, but this dude was, he just naturally, he had a big upper body, so his chest was huge. But because of his job and because of everything, he, in order for him, he would, like, when we had a way in, especially as a reservist, tape out. He, would, he, would, he would normally tape out, but sometimes if he didn't, because he was a CDL driver, and he'd be on the road so much, he would gain weight, and then he'd have to cut, like, 20 pounds in, like, less than a week. And he would That's do it. healthy. Yeah, but he would do it, right. because, right? But the Marine Corps but, tells me yes, there is. It's exactly. not healthy for him. It's like, horrible. And now he's suffering from issues from it, because right. he did it for six years. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things I'll never forget happened was, we were sitting in medical, he was a lance corporal, I was a sergeant, and the sergeant major comes walking in, and just looks at him and goes, hey, fat ass. And in my mind, I'm like, bro, would you in your, in your and in my mind, I'm like, bro, you're a reservist. In your normal civilian world, would you walk into your building as a CEO, as a president, or whatever? Because he, at the time, the guy that I was talking that, that I'm talking about worked at the post office, and he was um, higher up in, in the post office. And I, in my mind, I was like, "Would you walk into the post office and look at one of your mail carriers and be like, hey, fat fuck?'" No, because you would have a human, you would have a HR complaint. You would have, you'd be sued out the ass, but because you're wearing your Sergeant Major side bronze, it's okay to look at a Lynch Corporal and say, hey, fat ass? That's the way they think. That's what's wrong. And it's like, no, why not have a conversation with the Marine and say, hey, man, what's going on? The double standard in the military is the problem in in a lot of ways. Like, just for our, going on deployment, right? Mm -hmm. There's a curfew, Right? If you wear shiny shit on your collar, that curfew don't mean shit to you. Mm-hmm. And I've watched them break it time and time again. I was on duty. Yeah. They break that shit. Yeah. But if you're a Lance Corporal and you break it, you're getting a house thrown at you. By who? Yeah. The shiny who was out the same time as you. Yeah. That's bullshit. No, it's, it, I agree. And in reality, it's like, why? I never or, understood. Or that. it's like, how many times have you seen Lance Corporals get hemmed up for a DUI? And then other Marines are getting DUIs thrown under the rug because it'll make the command look bad if, if if it comes out that one of our own had a DUI. Right. And right. it's like, but dude, you know, Captain so-and-so had a DUI and everybody knows about it, but hey, let's cover it up. The DUI thing to me is a joke because like any other job in the world, I mean, unless you're a CDL driver, right? Yeah. Any other job in the world, unless you have to drive for a living, 
Your job doesn't give a shit whether or not you got a DWI. Now, I understand that the Marine Corps, the whole thing is like, we're held to a different standard in the Marine Corps. Like, oh, if a Marine gets DWI or if a Marine got in a car accident and killed, it's going to say, you know, no, Marine kills, you know, family of five or whatever, right? But, like, the reality is, is, like, the dude's already dealing with enough. If you got a DWI, he's got a ton of fucking problems to begin with. Bro, it's like... It's, and, and the Marine Corps is going to make his life worse. Well, that's like my buddy, my buddy Matt that I've had on the podcast in the very beginning. He he went out on leave. Um, he was in Hawaii, and he went out, and it was like they had a seventy-two, and somebody was like, "Hey, let's do coke," and they it was a Friday, and it was seventy-two, and they were like, "Oh, well, we'll be good by Monday," so they ended up calling everybody back on Sunday. For a random drug test, I uh-huh. think this was the, the how it went, and they were like, "Well, we don't have to be back. We're on leave." But they ended up going back. They get drug tested. He fails. He pops, and then they ended up putting him on restriction, and then he was on duty. Then he just started kicking him out. Well, he well, he ended, he ends up getting kicked out, but the whole time that he was on restriction, he was doing more drugs and drinking more alcohol, and he went and and to this and and now mind you. I will 100% like, I love this dude because he's grown to the point where he will admit it was his fault. Yeah. Like, he's like, bro, I did the drugs. I became the alcoholic. I did these things. For sure. He's not the person that was like, hey, fuck the Marine Corps. He's still very proud that he was a Marine. Absolutely. Like, he's not the guy who's like, fuck the Marine Corps. But the point of what I'm getting at, though, is that. The Marine Corps has an issue with actually helping people through problems. Instead, we just get them out of the Marine Corps, and now they have to deal with this on their own. And that's like a, you know, a huge part of it with alcoholism, with drugs, with all this stuff. It's like, okay, well, you know what? We're going to seclude them. Well, it's like the Marine Corps basically does like, oh, it's not our problem now. Like, oh, oh, you're a drug addict? Like, not that it, listen, the mental health... The mental health issue in this country is men. It has nothing to do with women, for the most part. I mean, the statistics say that it's men who yeah. are committing suicide. Yeah. There's a small, small amount of the population that are women. Yeah. So the reality is, is that it's young men. Yeah. A lot of these young men, I mean, 22 a day. So a lot of the, the, the small percentage of the population that's in the military, that another large percentage of that small population is committing suicide every day. Yeah. We're not going to talk about the fact that, like, a lot of those guys, I'm sure, have been kicked out for drugs, have been kicked out for, you know, bad behavior or this, that, and the third. When in reality, they might have been stellar Marines. How many stellar Marines have you seen get kicked out while the shitbag who sits in his room and doesn't do a goddamn thing any day is still sitting there, you know, all talking shit about the guy who's getting kicked out when in reality that dude was ten times the Marine than the dude talking shit sitting in formation? Right? Why doesn't the Marine Corps help those guys? Help them through these problems. No. Make them better men because they're not bad Marines. They're just struggling through problems. And and I agree because that is a huge part about it. Because if you do talk to people that have gotten an NJP. I have an NJP. I got a freaking, I got an NJP by a full bird curl. No, but I'm saying like (laughs) people that have gotten in trouble and then stayed in the Marine Corps and gotten promoted. 
they'll tell you 100% they'll be like, bro, it, it made me a better person. It does. I became a better leader. It does. You know, I, I, and that's the thing is that, like, we have all these Marines that instead of helping them through the problem, getting them the actual counseling, getting them all this stuff that they actually need, we're just like, okay, well, you know what? We're going to put you on restriction. We're going to keep you out of the Marine Corps. Have a good day. And it's like, well, no, why aren't we helping them through whatever issue right. it is? Now because it's the VA's problem. Because especially <laughs> if you think about it, you know, there's a lot of people who, you know, and I've talked about this in, in prior episodes, there's a lot of people who've never touched alcohol until joining the military. Oh, absolutely. Like, there's a, a lot. I, I do that. I remember, More than I would think. Bro, but no, it's, and it's serious. And I remember this because I remember I met, there was this guy who came to my house. He was doing the, let the, um, the HVAC in the house. And he had seen, when he came upstairs, he saw the sign. He's like, oh, you're a Marine. And he saw my, my flag. And, I, and he was like, oh, you started a podcast. And I was like, yeah. And he started talking to me. And I, he was like, well, what do you do on the podcast? And I was like, oh, I talk about alcoholism. And this is like the very beginning. Like, I just started the podcast. And he was like, alcoholism. He goes, bro, I could do a whole fucking finale with you. He was like, I can do a whole entire freaking series just on me. Right. And I was like, oh, like, if you don't mind me asking, what do you mean? And he goes, bro. My first, he goes, I was in the Marine Corps in 1990. He goes, my first day in the Fleet Marine Corps, he goes, I check in, and it was late in the morning. So they told us all, like, they gave like they gave us the keys to our, to our barracks room, and they bring us up. And he's like, these two senior Lance Corporals walk into my room, and they literally take my bags, they throw them off the barracks catwalk they sit me down on a computer chair they duct tape me to the computer chair and then they duct tape 40s into my hands and tell me that i cannot go to bed until i finish both 40s and then i had to check in with the sergeant major at 08 and i couldn't find my alphas and he's like so i literally so my fur and he's like and i've never drank an alcohol before he was like, this is the first time I've ever drank alcohol. And then he said, every single Friday, Saturday, and Sunday was a freaking booze fest in the barracks. And I became, I became a huge belligerent alcoholic. And to this day, I still have issues with alcohol. And he was like, but no one ever helped me. And it was just continued to be pushed and pushed and pushed until I realized I had a problem. And I ended up getting NJP. And I got this and I got that. And again, you know, I'm not saying it's the Marine Corps' fault. It's not. It's everyone's fault because they made their own decisions. Absolutely. But at the same time, what are we doing to help these people out? The Marine Corps wants a higher standard. They should hold themselves to one. I agree. 100%. That's my whole thing. Like, yeah. You want a higher standard? Okay. People make mistakes. Yeah. And anybody, I don't care if you're a fucking five-star general. You've made mistakes in your fucking life. Mm-hmm. And it just seems that they seem to forget that yeah. when they get to the top. Well, and that's, you know, I had a friend of mine. He was on a podcast a while back, and he, I didn't even know this had happened to him, but essentially he was in, he was, I don't know where he was, but he was in California, went out to a bar, got inebriated, and he had, he didn't, he didn't want to drink and drive, right? So what he did was, is he left the bar. And he just got in his car and he sat in the driver's seat of the car. Didn't have the keys in the ignition, put the keys in the car and the, and the thing and just sat there and fell asleep. 
Next thing you know, he wakes up to a cop knocking on the window. I've heard stories. And he doesn't realize that this not his car. He broken into someone else's car. So now he gets arrested for Grand Theft Auto and is in jail. He bails himself out of jail, goes back to his barracks room, and he tells the command. Had, he did not need to tell anybody because no one would have known. He bailed himself out. No one needed to know. But because of who he was, he just went, literally called the sergeant major, let his platoon sergeant know, like, went up to the command and told him, like, listen, just letting you know, I made a poor decision. I got drunk, and I got arrested for Grand Theft Auto. And it was like the car was like two cars away from his car. And so he gets arrested, whatever, and he tells his command. And his command is talking about NJP, rank, and all this stuff. And then the sergeant major is like, whoa, two, two days ago, this was your best Marine in your shop. And you would do anything for him, and you would meritoriously promote this Marine. But because he makes one mistake... Now you're ready to get rid of him, get rid of his rank, kick him out, all this shit. He was like, no. So that sergeant major ended up like standing up for him, went to bat for him, and was like, we're not going to do this. Like, now does the Marine deserve, like, and, and again, the sergeant no. major was like, he did not have to tell us that this happened. Listen, everyone's had a drunken stupor. Exactly. <laughs> right? Like, no, yeah. Everybody's been fucked up. Yeah. And if you are, and you fuck up, well, guess what? You learn something. Yeah. That. What is one of the biggest principles in the Marine Corps? Integrity. What did that kid show? Integrity. What and does he deserve? Forgiveness. Because what do you want from a Marine? Honor, courage, commitment, integrity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. But the reality is, is like, you, he's giving you what you're asking for. Yeah. But these people. It's all about their career. Because at the end of the day, I mean, I don't know how it really works and all that shit, but it just seems to me that these motherfuckers who get people fried and do all this shit, they seem to really rise the ranks pretty quick. Because, you, you know, your enemy, your enemy is my friend, right? Like, you know, you hate your first art, but you kiss his ass. What's he going to do for you? Can I help your ass out? Like, I don't know, man. I, I love the Marine Corps. I would never take it back. I love it. I I mean, listen, it's freaking tattooed on me for life. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I love the Marine Corps. But I just, you know, the, my last, like, year and a half, they really rubbed me in the wrong direction. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just bothered me. Like, it felt like from the two and a half years I had done prior, it was, like, what I expected the Marine Corps to be. This, like, you know, like, tough motherfuckers. You say something, you're going to get cracked in your mouth, and you're going to learn from it, like, straight up. Or the last year and a half, where basically it's like, you can't touch them, can't yell at them, you can't, you know, run them too hard. It's like, what can I do? Like, yeah. like for real, what can I do? I can't, I can't yoke the kid up and be like, yo, bitch, like, straight now, stop being an asshole. Somebody did it to me, and guess what? It fucking worked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. All of a sudden, the Marine Corps started going in this direction. It, it took a hard left, dude. Like, yeah. And I noticed it. And, like, that's really what, like, started to bother me. And, like, like I just got a text today. I was going to say it before. I got a text today. I could go to Lejeune 
like the March 18th to like the 23rd. Yeah. You know, no, whatever. Not that it matters, but no urinalysis. All you got to do is like, um, you know, um, clean yourself up, like, you know, shave your beard and all that stuff. And you go do a training op and do some Marine net courses and they'll pay you premium and full active duty pay. Yeah. It's like, I could go do that. Yeah. But fuck that. I'm not going back. Why? So I got some jerk off, you know, yell at me or something. I'm going to be like, dude, fuck you. Bro, I had this dude that like, I, I had this dude that I just met, and he was sitting in the recruiting office. He's thirty, I think thirty-one years old, and he got out as and he got out of the Marine Corps as Lance Corporal. He just got back in as a Lance Corporal. I'm like, bro, I was like, listen, you better be promoting me if you're like, coming I back. Was like, bro, I was talking service. I was like, bro, I don't know what you're doing. And he had been NJP, so I was like, he's been a Lance Corporal like three times, I think he said. And I was like, bro, like, I was like, wait a minute. I was like, bro. How can you live I was ju- I was like, good luck. Like, I don't know what's going on in life that you want to do this. Like, because I, I, like, bro, more power. Corporal, but, like, but, like more pa- listen, bro, more power to you. But, like, I cannot imagine being a 31-year-old Lance Corporal, bro. Like, let a motherfucker try, Bro, like, let's like, bro, imagine, because you have to think about it, bro. There's sergeants that are like 22, 21. Yeah, no, bro. Like, even now, like, there's sure. three year sergeants. Like, so well, imagine, not more. But, like, imagine, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, but, like, but imagine, like, a four year sergeant coming up to this dude who's 31 in Atlanta. Yeah, right. Like, bro, I have Iraq deployment, OEF deployment, like, like, right. bro, like, relax. Yeah, for <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, but, I, but I think, and that's the thing, though, is that, like, you know, and especially because I don't know if you know this, but the, the Marine Corps apparently is taking a huge turn on um, in 2030. They just came out with this whole new thing and what the Marine Corps is supposed to look like. And Well, I saw it on my way Like, out. apparently like, to the, like... Even your, the infantry battalions are changing. Yes. Well, no. Apparently from what somebody was telling me. Now, don't quote me on this. And, and everything I say is my opinion, not the Marine Corps. But from what I understand is that one of my buddies was telling me that the infantry is now going to be... In order for you to become an infantryman and to join the Marine Corps as an infantryman, you have to have a minimum of an associate's degree. Like, you cannot come into the Marine Corps without an associate's degree to become an infantryman. You have to come in with an, with an associate's Because now, and and then there's going to be, and then, apparently, as of, like, 20, 2033, 2030, there's conversations of, like, if you have a, if you have, a, like, a bachelor's or a master's, you can come in the Marine Corps as a gunny. And, like, there's Why all... Coming as an officer, though? I have no idea. Like, apparently these were all conversations. Like I, I was just talking with my father, just sidebar. Yeah, quick, yeah. But, um, like, you know, World War Three, if it happened, right? Yeah, yeah, Like, if I... Listen, I graduated in three months. Yeah. I ain't going back in enlisted. Yeah. Just why, don't you, why don't you go officer? Um, Even as a reservist. Yeah. To be honest with you, dude, I just got a job at this, you know, the second largest assets under management firm in the country. Okay. I have a real opportunity to, like, set myself apart from, I'm in a program where there's only 60 applicants got accepted nationwide. And I was one. So, you know, I have an opportunity here where my team and I are going to have, you know, they're going to be able to help me and guide me through this process of my two years and getting licensed and doing all this stuff. So you got to take the series seven and the series 66 and get your insurance license and be able to, you know, uh, write mortgages and do all that stuff. Right. And then eventually I'd like to be a certified financial planner, go and get my CFP, which is like the next step. Mm -hmm. And 
I want to be put myself in the high net worth area. I'm not going to do that taking weekends off going. If I'm no, going. yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, going to OCS and no. all that. Bro, how do you get into numbers? Like, how does this become a thing for you? Like, you enjoy numbers? Like, no. So how do you... I failed math in high school. So then how the fuck do you become a financial advisor and, you're, and you fail uh, math? Please, I don't... I don't want to say I don't want you to be my financial advisor, but like... Well, I'm good with numbers now. No, um, I don't like them. Uh, but I'm good. You with them understand now. them? Oh, now, yeah. Now I'm, I'm very good at, um, like you know, setting up portfolios, balancing them out, giving you a diverse, you know, if you want to go aggressive, moderate aggressive, like you know, set up your standard deviations of whatever the market's at, and yeah, like I, I'm, I'm pretty well versed in all this now. I don't know what anything you just said means. So like, all right, so I can give you a little quick side, side, uh, little, sure. little, little rerun here. So. The S&P 500. Okay. All right. It's the top 500 companies in the United States. Okay. Okay. That's what we base our economy off. Everybody says the Dow Jones and all this shit. The Dow Jones is only made up of 30 stocks. And in reality, nobody uses it as a benchmark anymore. Okay. Okay. So the S&P 500 that has a standard deviation of one, which is a risk of one. Okay. Okay. You want to try to get your risk level below one. So take less risk than the market, but get a higher return. Okay. Okay. So you kind of want to try to look at whatever the S&P 500 is holding, whatever their holdings are, right? And you kind of want to use that as a barometer. And then now you're going to, this is where a good advisor comes in. Where are we going in the next three, five, 10 years? Because that's where you want your, that's where you want to be. Yeah. Right. You want some short term area, but you want long term growth. That's what you're going for. Yeah. Because, you know, tax reasons and all that stuff. Yeah. Right. So. You want to take less risk in the market, which is your standard deviation. So if you're building a portfolio, you want to try to get that below one. Okay. And then you want to try to get a higher return than the market. So if the market's returning 12, you want to try to get 14. Okay. While you're taking less risk. Because otherwise you would just buy, you know, an SPY um, index fund. It would just track the S&P 500. You just continue to buy that and you, whatever the S&P 500 does, you'll do. Okay. And you're taking equal risk. So why wouldn't you do that? But if you can take less risk, and get a higher return, that's why you get an advisor. And like, that's what I'm learning now. Like, how do you balance portfolio? How do you like see, all right, so I'm not doing so well here. Let's pull this out, go in here. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's, an, it's, it's a game, bro. It really is. And like, yeah. I don't know everything. That's for damn sure. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to learn. And anybody who knows me, all of you probably, I mean, you, you definitely don't. <laughs> but um, I, I like, I want to win. Yeah, I'm, I don't lose, man. Yeah, like in boot camp, I saw you know they told us you know there's a couple of undergraduate sp spots. I found one. Yeah, I went to Advanced Motor School. I was there with three Marsaku guys. I won the undergrad as a Lance Corporal. Mm -hmm. I don't like to lose. Yeah, and I'll do anything I fucking can to win. Mm -hmm. And that's why like I don't want to go to service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because. I'm not. It'll just take you away from what yeah, you're doing. Yeah, I want to no, win, and I'm gonna. I'm like, I'm literally gonna do anything I possibly can to get myself in that position. So far, I mean, I went to Seton Hall, which is a top fifty freaking business school in the country. I graduated with. Well, I'm looking to graduate with a three point five, three point six, maybe GPA. Mm -hmm. I mean, at four at four point is the max. So you know, that's pretty good. I got into Merrill Lynch, which is a you know top advisory firm, second lar largest asset under management in the country. Got in there. So I'm on the path, man. You know, I'm getting there. I'm just, you know, step by step.
And like, it all goes back to when I first got out. Like, I didn't feel like I was where I should have been. And like, I didn't belong and all that stuff. But I said to my mom the other day, I was like, it's, I got the call like the other day saying that out of 60 applicants, you know, you were accepted in through the national, um, you know, uh, process and all that stuff. And like I said to my mom, like, you know, just to see the light at the end of the tunnel, like to know that this two and a half years of like struggling with assignments and like, you know, teamwork and all that other stuff that you have to do in college and like all the other bullshit. It's like, it's not, I'm done. Like I'm almost done. I have two months left. Yeah. What I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I have the job. I'm going to see a real estate agent in three weeks to go uh, get a house down in Delaware. Like I'm moving down to Delaware. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's like, you know, I'm seeing all this stuff come to fruition. And I told, tell my buddies who are like struggling because I had some buddies who like, you know, they're not doing so well. They weren't in the military. You know, a couple of them like sold pot and stuff like that. And they're still doing it. You know what I mean? But they don't want to. They want to do better in their life. And in reality, they're smart dudes. They've run successful pot businesses their whole lives. <laughs> and in reality, that's a business. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, people don't like that, but that's the reality. It's yeah. a business. You have to understand, you know, profit margins and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. If you can run that shit successfully, well, what's stopping you from running something legal? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, I try to tell them, like, take a chance. Yeah. Don't, and this goes for everybody. Like, any veteran out there who, like, doesn't know what they want to do, you don't have to. Yeah. You think I knew that I was going to be able to make it in finance? Because I'll tell you right now, I didn't. But what made you want to go into finance? Money. Like, no, but how do you all of a sudden one day go, okay, well, I'm going to go to Seton Hall for finance. Like, how does that just happen? Like, all of a sudden you just fucking fell out of your barracks room? No, nah, you know, my father told me when I was a kid, I was I mean, probably 10 years old. My dad told me, and I never forgot this. He said, Anybody I know who has money is either a stockbroker or in real estate. I never forgot that. I wanted a lot of money in life. <laughs> I swear to God, dude. Like, that is literally the reason I was like, I'm going to go be a finance man. And, and the Marine Corps is what, you know, this like is perfect because it ties all in. Like, the Marine Corps is what made me believe I could do it. Yeah. Because it wasn't about, I knew I'm smart enough. Yeah. I was a freaking mortarman. Yeah. And I was a damn good one. Yeah, you know, it, you have to do math. Being yeah. Mormon. yeah, you don't realize that you're doing it when you're Mormon, but you are. Yeah, you're doing elevation changes, all that shit. Like, I realize that I can do anything I want. I just have to set my mind to it and never give up on it. Yeah, no matter how hard it gets, no matter. Listen, I had a nervous breakdown like a year and a half ago. You know, called the VA, all that shit. Oh, really? Yeah, dude. You know, I went through a fucking rough time you know i did my thing I, you know I, whatever it why well i'm not even talking to anybody because that shit's a joke too but <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, stood, I stood on hold for five hours yeah, literally no they tell you by the time it was over i was good they're like no we'll call you back they call you back like two months later like oh you're good i'm like dude I, well past that yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, bro, i have, I'm at work now pal. Bro, I, I, I actually just just, I just lived this. I had a call on Monday. And they're like, hey, we're verifying your appointment for next Friday. And I'm like, from when? When yeah, did right. I set up this what appointment? What, I call you last year? I have no idea. And I called the woman. She's like, yeah, this is like seven months ago. And I was like, I needed this seven months broken ago. Broken system. Yeah, like, no. no. It really is. Yeah. But, like, you know, all that stuff happened, dude. And, like, you know, I went through all that stuff. And I... I just realized that it doesn't matter. I just can't give up, bro. I can't give up. No matter how shitty I feel like I'm. Well, why do you care? Like, why do you want to be so successful? Like, 
what's the purpose? I like proving people wrong. So who's who are you trying to prove? I don't know. Maybe myself. <laughs> Seriously, I, I I don't know, dude. Like I, I'll be honest. Like when I was younger, I definitely was like bullied a little bit, and like maybe that bothered me. And like when I was like in high school and stuff, I you know didn't really get girls and stuff. And then all of a sudden, I was in the Marine Corps. I, you know, I was kind of grew into myself. Girls really weren't a problem for me anymore, and all you know, I was doing well in the Marine Corps, and I got that confidence level through the Marine Corps that I never had. You know, um, and I don't know, man, you know, it just kind of happened this way. It's just slowly everything just kind of worked its way out. You know, I, I don't know. Nothing really made me make any certain decisions. You know what I mean? I just kind of saw the way, like, I felt successful people were, were doing things. Yeah. And I tried to emulate certain, you know, people and actions of, of the way they do things. And, like, my uncle's a very successful man. Like, uh, if you ever heard of ShopRite. Yeah, uh, Wake Fern is <laughs> I never heard of Shopper. Well, uh, for everybody. <laughs> um, you know, Wake Fern is the distributor for Shopper. Right yeah, cooperative. My uncle's the CEO of that company. Oh wow. Yeah, it's okay. it's the largest cooperative in the so country. Here, here's a question for you because we've spoken about this in the past, and you spoke about this um, when you were talking to the Marine rapper. Um, one of the things that you brought up before is that since you've come home from the Marine Corps a huge part of your growing up has been disconnecting yourself Absolutely. from other people. Yes. Um, and I think that that's something that a lot of people... Very hard. It's hard. It's very hard. But sometimes we don't realize it. You know, we don't realize that we have to. We don't realize that there's people in our lives that are just not... Like, it's okay that they're not in our lives. Dude, I cut off people and, who I've been friends with for... 19 years bro I'm, I'm telling you and then the reason why i want to bring it up because because I, i'm i'm at that point dude i have i'm about to have my third kid and i have friends of mine that i've known for over 20 years that have never met one of them and it's like bro hear me out right so i was in marine corps four years down at campus room right i came up here probably like way more than i should have i was coming up here all the time right my friends, not one fucking time, came down and saw me. Not one. Not one fucking time. I drove up here every weekend because I thought, you know, I wanted to be with my boys. Yeah. But in reality, I'm, I, they were my boys, but I wasn't their boy. Yeah. I was an accessory. Yeah. Not a friend. Yeah. And, and I started to realize, like, when I got out and, like, then I'm living up in West Orange. Yeah. They're still not coming to see me. Yeah. I'm an hour away. Yeah. And you're telling me you're busy? Yeah. Fuck you, dude. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. And then I got them having opinions on like who I'm dating, what I'm doing, yeah. how I'm doing it, how I act. I don't give a fuck about what you think. Because guess what? So far, I'm a lot more successful than you. I'm doing the right things. You're not. You're doing drugs. I'm not. I'm going to school. You're not. You know, you're still living the shitty life that you were living four years ago. I'm not. You're still driving a car, living in your mom's house. You know, you're you're on your mom's car insurance. She's paying your phone bill. I'm not. Well, guess what? Who's doing? Who's doing what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not doing the wrong thing here, bro. Yeah. You are. Yeah. And like that's when I started to like, cause for a while I was beating myself up. That's when we're going back to like you know two year and a half ago yeah, when I'm yeah. struggling. I'm thinking to myself, what's wrong with me? Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with me. It's them. Yeah. They're my problem. Yep. What do I have to do? If I have to be miserable for fucking five months, what am I going to do? I'm going to be, I, I was miserable, mm. but you know what? Today I'm much happier. Yeah. 
much happier because you know what? Like, I don't feel like I have to prove myself to my friends anymore. I don't feel like I have to like fit in and like dumb myself down to be with people who are still at where I was at 17. Yeah. But now I'm 25. I want to talk about shit at 25 year olds want to talk about. Yeah. I don't want to play video games and not talk about life. Yeah. Politics, you know, finances, personal finance, just bullshitting about like real life situations. They think you're crazy. Like, why do you want to talk about this? Who cares? You're going to care, bro. You're going to care when you, you know, you're paying, like you're giving 60% of your paycheck to the government and you know, all this other shit just per, from political, yeah, yeah. political perspective, you know, like, by not caring, you're giving the power to the other, you know, to big the big man upstairs. Yeah. And it's like, that's what bothered me. And, like, I want to be around people who have similar interests, yeah. similar, like, you know, I want to talk about finance. I want to talk about, like, investments and moving forward and building, you know, wealth. Because I do think that there's a huge problem with, like, the education of, like, personal finance in this country. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, in school... In high school, we're worried about trigonometry, but we're not teaching kids on how to, like, take debt out and, like, what debt is and interest rates and, like, how to manage, like, a credit card and, like, how points work on a credit card. And, like, you know, why would you use cash in today's world when inflation runs at 7% you can get 2% back on a, on a purchase on a credit card Where when if you have the personal discipline just to keep the money in your bank account, what is the difference between spending on a debit or, or a credit card? If you get a fraudulent charge on your debit card, how long does it take for you to get your money back? Two weeks. How long does it take on a credit card? Instant. Mm -hmm. What's a safer purchase? Mm -hmm. Your credit card. Yeah. But they don't teach you that. Yeah. They make it seem like this big scary thing. Like, ooh, don't use a credit card. Yeah. It's Bro, I'm telling you, there's so many things that, like, I've learned in college just in the past two and a half years that, like, I'm like, why the hell haven't we, why are we teaching kids in high school this? Yeah. If you're teaching college kids this, and in reality, you could be teaching a 10th grader this. Yeah. Because other countries are teaching their kids this stuff. Yeah. They're teaching them personal finance and how to, you know, what... It, dude, I dated a girl who had a, a college degree from Iona University and had no idea what interest rates were and how they were. That's a problem. She has a business degree from the University of Iona. I'll be completely honest. I have no idea how interest rates work at all. That's a problem. I, I agree. I'm 31 years old. <laughs> you have a mortgage. You have no idea how your mortgage Not a works. fucking clue. Right. That's all on my wife, man. She's, that's. <laughs> right. But like, that's the problem with the education in this country. We're worried about stupid shit and we should be teaching kids like what really matters. Stop worrying about college. Like we talked about before. Yeah. And you know, you're bad if you don't go to college. Cause I don't think that's the case. Yeah. I think that. Like, if you are a hands-on, skilled, working type of person, you should do that because we need those types of people in this world. Like, we need plumbers. We need electricians. We need carpenters. We need we need people like that. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah. But to so think that, you know, and that's why I think a lot of these kids go to college, they get psychology degrees, and then, you know, they're like, they have a bachelor's in psychology, and they're like, I can't do anything with it. Bro, well, no shit. Bro, I deal with that shit every day, and I'm like, bro, what do you, why are you going to college? Right. Now, Why are you going go to the military? No, well, not even that. Now that I'm a cop, now that I work at college, I'm like, okay, well, why are you going to college? Like, why do you want? I don't know. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna get a psychology degree. Why? I don't know. Yeah. Because like, mommy okay. and daddy told me. Or, or okay, I'm gonna go. To, I'm gonna go undecided. Okay. Why? I don't know. See, I agree so with that. 
No, see, I don't agree. I, I disagree with you. So here's why I don't agree with it. And you can let me know because you're the one who's in college. I will never understand why you would pay money to go to college not knowing why you're there. You could do the same thing for free, dog. I agree. Like, here's where I... Because then you can go to the... Hold on, but then you go to the college, you go undecided, and then when you find out what you want to do, then you get told, oh, well, you can't transfer credits, or these credits don't apply to this degree. Now, are we talking about a university or community college? Or both? Um, Both. Okay. So, from a community college perspective, I completely disagree because of the fact that by going to college and taking some courses as an undecided major, you're able to see what you want to do. You have Google. It's free. It's you have the, the library. You it's not. It's, it's just not the same. It's not. Going to listen, going to class and learning stuff, like I was interested in finance, but I had no idea what anything about it. Mm-hmm. So what did I do? Started I went to college initially. When I got in the Seton Hall, I wasn't in the business school. I didn't have a high enough GPA. You had to have a three point two or higher. I had a three point which was the minimum to get into Seton Hall. So I got in as an undecided okay. major with a business focus. Okay. So like they were getting me ready to get into the business school, but I wasn't quite there. Okay. okay. But during that time, I was taking like these little like tidbit courses on like small things in finance. They're like getting you prepped to get into the finance school, right? Stillman School of Business. So I was able to see like in those like small little classes, I would have been able to see like if I hated finance, I'll tell you this, I took a fucking accounting course. I knew I didn't want to be an accountant. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. You got to try things to know whether or not you like it. Yeah. Like, I know people who were um, business law, went to an internship, you know, through, like, some something in that, in that field. I don't really know much about yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah. Um, they did an internship for, like, four months. And they were like, I know for damn sure I don't want to do anything in business law. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, death by paper. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you're just reading papers all yeah, day long. Yeah, Fuck yeah. that. So it's like, my whole thing is like, I do feel, but for a university, I agree with you. To go and spend, like, I'll, I'll disclose this. Two and a half years at Seton Hall, you know how much the GI Bill spent on Seton Hall? $157,000. Two and a half years. Wait, the GI Bill paid the whole thing? Everything. Woo! $157,000 in two years. Two and a half. A lot of fucking money. Bro, that's ridiculous. But see, that's why I'll never understand why the That's fuck why I agree with you on a university. That, yeah, like, that's why I don't get people. For a kid to go to Seton Hall is an undecided and not know what he wants this. to do. That's listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. So I had a dude who I met. I put him in the Marine Corps. This dude graduated Seton Hall. Right? Two weeks later, he was in boot camp. Yeah. Like, he went four years through Seton Hall every year. Yeah, but if now he's out of paying for he don't care. I know. And a lot of the kids at Seton Hall, that's But it's crazy. It's crazy that... No, kids pull into the parking garage at Seton Hall on AMGs. That's insane. They have no concept of what a dollar is. They just so that must have also been an issue that you had with the people that you were surrounded by. Maybe. I, it's unnoticeably, yes, maybe. Yeah, it has Because I'm from a middle class family. It had not from money. Bro. But, you know, I do try to perceive myself that way. I mean, I drive an Audi. Yeah. I, you know, I, I definitely wear nice clothes. No, but you had mentally... You're right. I'm a blue-collar man. Like, sitting mentally. in a room with these people knowing... That like you're the GI Bill's paying for you to be here. Oh, I've made these eighteen year olds are like, 
not it's mommy and daddy that are paying for yes. it, and they probably don't give a damn about their GPA. A lot of them. Or at no, Seton Hall, that's to. not really the case because Seton Hall is kind of like a little nerdy school. I'll right. be completely honest with you, but I do think I like state. I think that is the case. Mm. I think it's like you know a lot of the kids like their parents are making them go to college. They really don't care if they get three zero or four zero yeah, or two yeah. eight. As long as they fucking pass, they don't give a shit. Yeah, you know what I mean. For me, it was like if I wanted to set myself apart and get into a place like Maryland, I needed to succeed. I, I had to set myself. But did you feel like there was also a very big difference with you being there on the GI Bill because like you have to keep a, G, a certain GPA to keep the GI Bill? I haven't bill. Even thought about that. Oh, really? It never. None of that mattered. I just was doing the best I could. Yeah. No matter what I was going. Well, do you but you were already doing the best you could because you needed to get into this program to get. To well, program. no, really, for myself. Yeah. Because originally I didn't know that I was going to get into Merrill Lynch. Yeah, no, well, yeah. That was what I always wanted. Yeah. Um, that was literally like from day one, I wanted Merrill Lynch. That was the spot I wanted. Um, but yeah, like I, I mean, for the most part, I would say school in its entirety, dude, like it gives you the tools to get you to where you want to go. And it gives you like this perspective, like as being like through the Marine Corps and all that stuff and then going to school, I definitely found that like I had a different perspective than a lot of the kids. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the, a lot of them, they looked at the world through like this like microscope. And I feel like I look at it through a different lens because maybe because of like the experiences that I have and stuff like that. Or maybe it's just simply because my parents really haven't coddled me throughout my life. And I think a lot of their... And I would say it's a mixture of both because your parents haven't coddled you and then you join the Marine Corps, you were able to travel, you were able to see differences, and especially at a young age. Yeah. Like, a lot of people, like, they go right from high school to college and it's like you don't know anything about life. Right. Like, you haven't dealt with issues. You haven't dealt with, you know, being a grown-up and being away. Especially people who, you know, stay in an in-state school... Yeah. And they live 30 minutes from home from their parents, and it's just like... No, for sure. You know, like, oh, mom, I, mean, I, I dated forgot the girl my tampons at home. At like, Seton Hall, who, she was 19 at the time, or 20 at the time, and, you know, she was going to Seton Hall, but her parents lived, like, you know, 10 minutes away, and she's living at home. It's like, you're not... I do think that going away to college is a good thing for the fact that you, you know, get off the team. Independence, yeah. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like... Not having your mom breathe down your fucking neck. And that was a problem in my relationship with the girl because it's like, you want to go on vacation? Oh, let me ask my mom. Like, no. Like, I'm 25. I don't need to ask my mom anymore. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm not asking my parents anymore. Like, I'm doing yeah. my thing. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know, man. But see, listen, I think college, the undecided thing, I think it, it gives you the opportunity to see what you want to do. Like, you know what I mean? I think, like, not giving it that credit is, But like, do you think going undecided at the age of 18 makes sense? Like, depends how mature the young age. That's what I'm saying, though. Uh, like, I wasn't ready for college at 18, which is why I needed to go to the Marine Corps. I just wasn't yeah. ready for college. Mature. I but was that's not what mature. I'm saying. I think, in my mind, the majority of people at 18 years old... I think most old, kids are afraid of their parents. Yeah. Truthfully. But I think that's why, as parents, it's like, bro, stop jamming it down their fucking throats that they need to leave high school and oh. know what they want to do with their lives. Right. Because, bitch, you're 50 and you still don't know what the Dude, fuck Dude, I got a do. friend, right? And they just got a dog. This is a perfect example, okay. right? They just got a dog. Yeah. And the dog's like, you know, he's just a little golden retriever. He's just a little dumb little puppy, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Puppies do what? They eat shit, throw yeah, up, yeah, yeah. you know, whatever. They they fuck shit up. Yeah. Right? But basically, it's like a kid. Just kind of let it do its thing. And when if it really fucks up, yell at it. Yeah. Right? They're all over the, the, the dog. Like, you know, and I'm thinking to myself this whole time, like, how are they going to be when they have a kid? Yeah. They're going to coddle that fucking kid. Oh, dude. Me with a dog. I got a dog last year. And the whole time I'm telling them, like, guys, I just did this. Like, it's okay. Just let the dog do his thing. He's fine. Bro, like, dude, that's like, that, and I agree, man. And that's like, the, there's different schools of thought. Because that's, that's like me and my wife. Me and my wife, dude, we are about to be on our third kid. And me and my wife have never, ever believed in a fucking sleep schedule. I'm not, me and my wife, and I'm glad that we had this conversation before we had kids because we saw other people do it. And we were like, no, I'm not going to, ch- I'm a grown adult. I'm not going to live my life around a baby. Right. I'm not going to not have dinner with friends because the baby has to be in bed at 7 o'clock right. or 8 o'clock. I'm not going to, you know, oh, everybody be quiet in the house. Like, bro, purposely, when my son was born, and my wife still hates me for it, but guess what? Sitting right there. When my son was born, I went out to Costco. I bought a fucking Samsung speaker, surround sound, and a subwoofer. The day my son came home from the hospital, guess what? I was playing Xbox all night long, and that shit was on. And my son was sitting right next to me, knocked the fuck out sleeping. And guess what? To this day, my daughter, she sits in the opposite side of our living room. And I have the TV on 30, and I don't change it. Because when people, when you start to make accommodations for them, right. then that's the expectation for the rest of their life. Right. And then they're always holding their hand. And, and they're always, exactly. Daddy, mommy, yeah, I, I need this, I need this, right. I need this. And it's like, okay, well, no, what do you want? Explain. The little kid want. who hangs on mommy's leg when a stranger comes around, or like, you know, you, oh, this is, you know, you know the person, right? Yeah. And then, like, your kid's hanging on your leg, right? That, I, I'll be honest, it drives me nuts. Yeah. It's like, tell your kid to put his chest out and introduce himself. I don't care if you're freaking three or 15. No, yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Act like you, you know, a gentleman, yeah. regardless of age. No, yeah. And if you teach him that from the start. Yeah. Guess like, what? Bro, when he's 20 years old, he's not going to be a shithead. No. Exactly. <laughs> my son, bro, I literally, I get pissed off when I go out to the store. Because, like, my son, I've never had to teach my son this. My son just saw me do it, and now he does it. When we, when we get out of the car at Wawa, he gets out of the car, and he'll walk to the door. And the first thing he'll do is he'll take both hands, because he can't do it with one. He'll take both hands, and he'll pull the door open. And he will hold the door open for me and my daughter, and then whoever else is behind us. And then... I've, there's been days where he, where no one, like, where people will walk through the door and not say thank you. And my son will turn around and say, well, you're rude. And it's like, bro, if a three and a half year old has the ability to hold and open the door for you, you better say freaking thank you. Yeah. And it's like with, with what you're saying, like even today, like when you came in, I introduced you to them. My son, you know, you went to reach his hand. He gave you a high he five. Did. No, he went to shake yeah, my hand. I went to high five and went to jerk off. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then he went to shake your right. hand. I, you but know like, what? I, that goes against exactly what I just said. Because <laughs> I think because he's a little kid, he wants to give me a high five. But in reality, you taught him well. Yeah. He put his hand out to shake yeah. my hand. And that's, and that's the thing is that it's just, it, but it's not even teaching. It's just that when you act the way and they see you act that way, 
It's that simple. And and kids are sponges, dude. And and dude, and you never realize it until like you be like you know like you're noticing it, but until you become a parent and you start realizing like and then me and my wife all the time we're like how where did he get that from? And then some stuff it's just like bro today we pulled up to the house after we went to dinner, we come home we pull in the driveway and my son goes, we got home safely. Thanks, mom. And it's like, bro, where did you hear right, that? Like, right. what? Like, and the stuff that he just says, and it's just like, but that's like what we were talking about with what you're saying, like with the dog and with the kids. And it's just like, you know, where your people are for, a huge thing is, is that people are forcing. Kind of what's wrong with our society. <laughs> no, and that's what it is. Because there's people that are forcing their views on their children, yeah. right? And it's like people like, say, people, I've had so teachers. I've had, bro. I've had people ask me that, you know, like, oh, well, do you want Lucas or, you know, Brooklyn or, your, you know, do you want your children to become Marines? And my simple answer has been the same thing for 13 years I've been in the Marine Corps. If I'm a, if I, if my son grows up and decides that because of who I am, that he wants to become a Marine like his father, like you said, why is you the Marine Corps? Oh, I saw my dad's work ethic and I wanted to be a Marine. If that's what happens, then that's what happens, and that's like when I when I add, when people talk, well, I I'm not gonna say who it is, but there's this person in my life who says, "Oh, my daughters are gonna be a doctor and a veterinarian, bro. They're five and seven. Let's calm down, bro. Right. My kids are going to Rutgers. My my kids are going to Rutgers. Yes, you know at five that she's going to Rutgers. Yeah, great. She's gonna be an aquatic swimmer. No, you have." Let them live their lives. Dude. Listen, my whole take on this, and obviously I'm not a parent, but yeah, I, I know myself, and I know for pretty pretty good, you know, uh, that I think that I'm gonna try to let my kids, because this is what my parents did with, with us, let them do what they want to do. Yeah, they're gonna find their path, yeah. and by forcing them into a path, is just gonna make them sneaky as fuck. Oh yeah, like. How many kids did you know growing up whose parents breathed down their neck and they were the sneakiest kids that you knew? Oh, 100%. Most of those kids. Oh, yeah. Their parents breathed down their neck. Oh, yeah. And the ones whose parents don't, mm-hmm. yeah, they might be a little shicey, but guess what? Mm-hmm. They're not hiding shit because they're not, they don't have to. Yeah. Well, their and, parents and allow like, them to grow and be yeah. themselves. Dude, and the like, mistakes that I've made in my life have made me who I am today. 100%. I wouldn't take back any of the shit that I've fucked up in my life. And there's a pretty long laundry list of yeah, shit that I've fucked I up. Agree. But you know what? I wouldn't take any of it back because it's made me think differently. It's made me act differently. It's made me be different. I'm just a different person. Yeah. And I'm happy that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's not enough time in life to regret. Yeah. And I think, and I, but I, I, I you know, I, and that's the issue with what's going on in the world is that, is there's a lack of accountability well, that's for sure. There's a lack <laughs> of, and it's just like, there's just a lack of just like, just also just common sense. Yeah. It's like, dude, my daughter fell on the floor. Guess what? I just sat there. I didn't run to her. I didn't go, oh my God, is everything okay? I just looked at her and I said, okay, get up. And yeah. she got up and she wiped her, you know, hands right. on her feet. And, and I, the next time you're not going to have to tell her. Yeah. She's like, just going to get up. Yeah. She like, knows you're not going to sit there and come Yeah. Her. Like and it's and, and it's like you know like and you you have to pay attention to this stuff because like 
you know. It's like the kid who cries when you just pick him up and he only cries because you picked him up. Yeah. You know what I'm talking no. about? <laughs> and that's the thing about it, man, is that like, you know, I, there's so many times that people are like, I don't know how many times I have, I have a lot of friends that now have kids that are the stage of life that we're in. And I don't know how many times like, oh, hey, let's go to dinner or hey, go, oh, oh we can't. You know, we got to wait till four when, you know, that time's over. And I'm like, what do you mean? Right. Put the kid in the car, drive where you got to go. The kid's right. going to sleep. If he doesn't sleep, then get the fuck over it. Like, just like me and my wife do not stop our fucking lives for the kids. And they know it. Like, right. they know it. Like, my son knows. Like, today, my son wanted to have a temper tantrum because he didn't want to go to the sonogram. And I was like, Lucas, we're going to the sonogram. No, I don't want to go. Okay. You have to turn the TV off. We're going to the sonogram. No. Okay. Well, guess what? I turn the TV off. We leave. Oh my God! I just left. I'm a grown ass adult. I put the kid in the car. We got the car. We drove away. Right. Oh my God! You have other people who are like, Oh my God, baby. I, Johnny, I don't leave. Yeah. He just won't leave. <laughs> he, he won't get out of his crib. That motherfucker up by his leg and get him in the car. Yeah. Like, what, what am I gonna do? And it's just like, no. Like, right. you were. You are the parent. Like, yeah. you're the parent. Like, you're the one who, or like some people, you know, oh, I won't go out to dinner because of how my kid acts. Your kid acts like that because you allow them to act like that. Like, it's that simple. Like, it's, and and again, these are all things that are stemming from, and it's just reality. Dude. Because if you don't, if you don't stop it now, and this isn't just children, it's just reality. If you, like, if there's a shitty gunnery sergeant, and no one stops him from being a shitty gunny now, guess what? He's going to be a shitty first sergeant, a shitty sergeant major. Yeah. If you don't stop that shitty corporal now, he's going to be a shitty sergeant major one day. That's right. It's the same thing with fucking kids. If you do not, if you, if that kid thinks that he can do whatever the fuck he wants because he's your kid, and he doesn't think that he should say sorry, or that he doesn't think that he apologizes, you know what I mean? And all this stuff, like time, you can't hit your kids, and timeout's not a good thing. It's like, bro... They have to learn somehow, and that's the problem, you know. And then all of a sudden, you have people that are like, "Oh, my son, my son's now a girl, bro." It's a four-year-old is not telling you that. A four-year-old is not like, "Dude, this kid is a, this." There was a kid in my son's school. Well, it's these teachers who are down there. But dude, there was a, there was a kid. My my son came home one day, and one day he's he's looking at me and he's like, "This is like like a year and a half ago," and it was like he just started talking. Like, he literally had just started speaking, and all of a sudden, my son one day is just like, Dad, I'm a boy, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I'm a boy, right? I'm like, yeah. And I don't know why he suddenly asked me this. We find out that there's a boy who's coming to school dressed as a girl, and they're allowing it. And it's like, why See, are you that's allowing the, that's the That's the tough part, though. It's the... You can't tell him that he can. Yes, you can. Yeah, you can. No, a hundred percent. We live in America. Oh no, 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 no! You can't tell your kid that he can't dress that way. No, 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 no. You can, as a parent. Oh, absolutely. As a parent, but I'm saying, from a school. Oh no, yeah, school can't. The school can't. Like the school can't sit there and say, "I can't dress." But as a parent, if my son comes home and says, "Dad, I'm a robot," I'm going to tell my son, "No." You're a boy. Well, for sure, I agree. But my whole thing is, is like in school, that's the issue. Oh right? no! So of it's like yeah, the school because can't. 
Yeah. Because the kid's saying it to your son in yeah. school, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. the parent's fault. But I the parents should be like, what the fuck's going on? But the parent's probably, a, you know, a left-wing numbnut. So yeah. you're never going to get through there. No. So, you know, the whole thing is, is, like, you just have to reiterate to your kid yeah. that, listen, there's people in this world, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, this is how they act. Yeah. And you are a boy. Yeah. Simple as that. No, yeah. I don't care what anybody but tells you, what but what you I'm are saying, a boy. But what I'm saying, though, is that if, if it's crazy to think that we live in a world where this is now you something... You would have thought it 10 years ago? But that's what I'm saying. Like, like you now, like this is a thing that, like, I'm having a conversation with my three year old son that he knows that he is. He's not asking him the yeah. question. He's just like, he's confused as to what the fuck he's seeing. Yeah. And and it's like, but yet there's people who are putting this idea out there that no, it is. Yeah, and grown like, men thinking that there is. So I mean, you know, it's not crazy. It's not that crazy. No, I know. It's just, <laughs> it's just I don't know how we got into this talk, but it's just. The whole thing is crazy, man. And and back to where we were going from with like leadership, that's the problem. Is that there is no leadership. I don't want to say there is no leadership, but it's definitely very different. I just think it's I think that it's there's, just, well, there's it great goes, leaders in the Marine Corps. It goes down to the lack of accountability. That's what it is. Right. At a high standard. At a high standard. Yeah. Like the low the low end, you know, peasants, if yeah. you will, get fucked. Well, the rich stay richer. Yeah. Right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, yeah. a, it's a perfect analogy. Like, yeah. you know, it's like the wealth gap in this country continues to grow, right? The rich get richer and the poor are getting poorer with inflation and all this shit. Yeah. It's the same thing in the Marine Corps. Yeah. The higher ranks continue to rise. Yeah. You know, once you make staff, you know, you're pretty much going up. Yeah. It's hard to get kicked out once you make staff. Yeah. 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 And, you know, Sergeant Below pretty easy to get knocked down a couple times. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, the top continue to rise mm-hmm. and the bottom continue to fall. Mm-hmm. While the, the top continues to make rules that only hurt the bottom. Yeah. While they rose to the top, they benefited from the lack of rules. Yeah. That's my whole thing. I don't understand that. No, it's like, you forget people are forgetting where they came right, from. Right, like when you came up in the Marine Corps... There wasn't as many rules. I mean, listen, my father was in the Marine Corps in the 80s, and he told me that in Jacksonville, you know, Camp Lejeune, have you ever been down there? Yeah. Where, like, Onslow County is and, like, the courthouse and all that stuff, he said that all, used to be all bars. Now it's not nothing, yeah. but it used to just be all bars. He said on Monday morning, well, Sunday night, they would put all these guys, they called it a paddy wagon, they put like fifty fucking marines that were all fucked up the night before brawling or whatever, whatever they were doing wrong. Throw them in the thing, take their ideas, bring them back to Lejeune, and those guys would get like you know embarrassed in front of the whole company. Yeah. Because they were out drunk the night before. That was their punishment. Yeah. That's in my opinion. That's the way it should be. These kids are willing to give up their fucking lives for their country. They can't go and fuck yeah, up. Yeah, but here, no, but here's the thing, though, is that, like, I get where you're coming from, but at the end of the day, like, the thing that I understand is that, like, growth and prosperity has to happen, and when you, if you're continuing... But how does that happen? But if you're continuing, like, listen, do, do... It's a hard conversation, because here's the thing. Yes, I want you want to be hard on them and you want to, you know, make an example hold out of them, right? And hold the standard. But the thing is, though, is that, like, 
there also has to be a left and right lateral limit. Like there has sure. to, and Absolutely. that's the, there has that's to be the, rules. Well, that's the thing is that at that time, like if you think about the, the if you think about the people in the 1980s, and this is no discrediting your father or anything, but if you look at the veteran in the 80s that was leaving the Marine Corps, no, for sure, they're homeless. They're yeah, but that, alcoholics. There's, they're, they're, right, my father was an like, alcoholic, so I can I can relate. But you know that. what I'm saying? So like, and it was, and the thing is, is that like, you were, there was no play, and now we're not there yet, but we're a lot better than we were then at that time. But I would disagree because how many of those Marines, sailors, army soldiers, whatever they were, became CEOs and all this other shit? Enlisted guys, yeah, started hedge funds, did oh, all this yeah, other yeah, shit, yeah. yeah. There's like seven or eight different hedge funds out in New York City that are strictly run by veterans. Yeah. Those guys were, a lot of them were enlisted guys, not officers. No, yeah. So like, yeah, I agree with you. Like, most my father's a recovered alcoholic, recovering, I guess, because you're always in recovery. Yeah. But like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I watched my father fucking, you know, go through some tough times. My parents split up when I was a kid. I mean, they're back together now. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, they split for like two years when I was a kid. You know, I watched my father go through, you know, get his license taken, all that shit. So I know what it's like. But it's like, and, and I would agree with you that I do think that they set them up in, for failure in a lot of yeah. those ways. Because, yeah, maybe there wasn't an accountability aspect. So, yes, yeah. I would agree with you there. That's what I'm saying. But what but I it, will disagree with is I think that, listen, my dad didn't need the Marine Corps to teach him a lesson. He taught himself plenty of lessons. No, agreed. But that's what I'm saying, though. It, it can be a very difficult thing for the Marine Corps as an institution to continue the way that it was without the lack of accountability. But the problem but is, now, is if you murder somebody out and you're a civilian, right? Yeah. And you get acquitted. Yeah. You can never be tried for it again. Yeah. You get go out in town, you get a DWI, but you beat it in court. You still get an NJP. No, I agreed. I, do I No, 100%. I don't agree with it. Like, dude, I had a guy... I agree. There should be one. I had I had a I had a guy on my deployment that was a sergeant, and he literally got demoted to lance corporal because he was in the same bar. Literally, they said you were the sergeant, you were an NCO, and you didn't stop them from underage drinking. I got in trouble for something. And it was like, motherfucker, I was having my own night. I had no idea who they were. I had no yeah, maybe I knew who they were. But they're not. I was minding my own business. I happened to be in the same bar. You're gonna demote me? Yeah, how was I know? Because yeah, like, and that and that like literally happened. Like my boy became was a sergeant. Literally just picked up sergeant, got knocked down the last corporal because he was in the same bar as two marines who decided that's to get true. in their car and drive off. And it's like, bro, what? that's not on me. Right. Like they made their own decision as grown ass men to get in the car and drive on base drunk. Right. That has nothing to do with me. Right. And how am I supposed to know they didn't they didn't show up in a taxi? Like I was already in the bar. Right. And how do I know when they left? You know what I mean? Right. It's like, so like the whole double jeopardy thing to me. It's like I used to always say to my my friends, I would say, "We're fighting for the constitution, <coughs> yet we don't fall under it." Yeah. Like we're fighting for something that we don't have. Yeah. Right. Like I mean, it's true to some aspect. Like you know, you fall under the UCMJ, Uniform Code of Military Justice, right? Like you're not. You don't, I mean, you do, you, you get tried under the Constitution, too, but, yeah. you know, under the Marine Corps, they don't fucking care about the Constitution. No, and, like, yeah, and, and the thing is, though, too, just talking about, like, the accountability thing, like, I, ha I have a friend of mine right now who's 
possibly getting kicked out of the Marine Corps for a decision that he made, with which he completely knows that like the decision that he made was wrong, and now he's getting kicked out of the Marine Corps right. to the point where like he might lose all of his twenty years in the Marine Corps. Right. He might benefits, he might lose all of his. He retirement. might not be able to retire. He might lose his ranking and drop from a, a one of the higher ranks down to a sergeant or even corporal, and it's like. Bro, there's people out there that are doing crazy shit that you know of that are going to honorably get retired and get out of the Marine Corps. Listen, dude, just for the simple fact, Joe Biden, right? We'll just go here for a second. Go back to Kabul. My my junior Marines were in Kabul yeah. during that time. He did a drone strike on a family, right? Mm-hmm. Turns out that he kills like four kids. Mm-hmm. And he fucked up. Yeah. Where's the accountability there? That's the highest echelon in the military. Where the fuck's the accountability there? How about the failure that General Milley had in, in Kabul? Where's the accountability there? But you're going to hold me accountable for fucking going out past curfew? Fuck you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm talking about. It's like, we'll, we'll go back to like, we locked up Martha Stewart for insider trading, but look at how many politicians benefited from fucking biotech companies or biomedical companies right before the pandemic. Where's your accountability there, motherfucker? There is none. The government holds themselves to a certain standard while the rest get fucked. And that's why I got out. That's why I said to myself, dude, honestly, there is a certain first sergeant, and I hope you listen to this one day. I'll never say your name, but you know who you are, and you fucked me. And I literally say, I still say this to this day. If I ever make it to where I want to in life, I'll send that motherfucker a check with, with the, in the memo. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Enjoy your shitty life. Yeah. Because, like, just that, knowing that I was able to, because he, he, he hated me, this guy. Yeah. Hated my guts. He thought I was a, listen, I am cocky. I'm not going to deny it. I'm cocky. I'm yeah, yeah. trying to be confident. You know, you ride the line, whatever. He hated me for it. And, you know, me and him always had bad blood. And when he had the chance, he took it. He fucked me. And that's fine. But one day. Dude, it's. it's I will have that last oh, lap. No, and it's crazy that you say this. And, and, and we'll end on this. But I had a Marine who got out of the Marine Corps, and um, he checked out of the Marine Corps, and the last I knew was that he was re-enlisting. The last conversation I had with this Marine was he was out in Okinawa, and he was re-enlisting. And then all of a sudden, like a week later, I find on Facebook that he's in New Jersey, and that, and he hits me up, he's like, hey, are you around? I'm like, yeah, sure. Shows up to my house, and... Um, I'm like, what happened? Like, what's going on? He's like, oh, I got out. And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, what do you mean? I was like, you just told me you re-enlisted. Like, you were were re-enlisting in the Marine Corps. Your package was getting approved. Like, what the fuck happened? And he's like, well, it's a very long story. And I have to have him on the podcast because if I I don't want to mess up the story. But essentially, when he checked into his new unit before he re-enlisted, he checked into the new unit as as a corporal. No, as a lance corporal. And the day they, they had to COVID, they had to quarantine for two weeks because of COVID. COVID. It was like COVID. the height of COVID. And one of the gunnies came to his room, and it was like March first, and handed him his promotion warrant, and was like, "Hey, man, here's your promotion warrant." So in that Lance Corporal's head, he was like, "Oh, because of COVID, we're not going to have a formation. 
you're giving me this. So he went and put Corporal Chevrons on his camis, and then the next day showed up to formation in Corporal Chevrons, right? Or like two weeks later. I've seen that happen a million times. So like, so two weeks later, he goes to his first formation because he's now done with his quarantine, and they go to they say Marine they they bring him to the back because they're gonna do his promotion. Sergeant Major comes to walk up to talk to him, and he sees that he has the Corporal Chevron on. Sergeant Major starts flipping out. Doesn't even want to hear it. Doesn't even want to understand it. Nothing. So then the, the Corporal is, like, trying to explain to the Sergeant Major what happened. And, of course, he's like, I don't give a fuck what happened. Blah, blah, blah. Just shut up. Just shut up. And all of a sudden, the gunny comes out of nowhere, and he's like, hey, Sergeant Major, you're not going to talk to my Marine like that. And this is like, he just met this Marine. Mm-hmm. This gunny just, just met this corporal. And he was just like, you're not going to talk to my, 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 my corporal like that. And he was like, I need to explain what happened. So the gunny explained to the sergeant major what happened. So from that day on, this sergeant major had it out for this corporal. It had it out for him. It does happen. And it had it out for him and months and months. And this Marine was a corporal, and he was in a staff sergeant's billet. So he was telling sergeants, like, they don't man. like that very much. Yeah, and he was he was in a staff sergeant's billet, and he was telling sergeants like, "Hey, man, no, you got that wrong. You gotta come back." And he was telling people, "Come back, well, what's up?" So now all of a sudden, these people started getting really mad that this corporal was doing this, and the gun would be like, "But his billet is of a staff sergeant, and he's in the right, and you're in the Good wrong, right. and and all this stuff." So a sense. So then, eventually, what ended up happening was this marine puts in his really enlistment package. And it gets to the sergeant major's desk. Sergeant major puts on it, not recommended for re-enlistment, and puts all this bullshit in the comments. So then the Marine goes into the room with the sergeant major and his gunny, and the gunny is like, so what's going on? Like, we haven't heard anything about his re-enlistment. Like, his, his EAS is coming up, but we got to get this fixed. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm recommending that he doesn't get that he doesn't get promoted, that he doesn't get to stay in the room. Yeah. And the gunny starts flipping out. So then he's like, you know what, whatever, we're going to leave, we're going to leave the room. So the gunny takes the corporal out of the room, and they start walking down the hall, and they're at, like, regiment. And all of a sudden, the regimental sergeant major comes walking by. And he goes, hey, corporal so-and-so, what's going on with your re-enlistment? And the gunny goes, oh, sergeant major so-and-so just said he's not going to recommend it. And the regimental sergeant major said, what? What the fuck is going on? And the regimental sergeant major had seen this corporal's work ethic, had seen what he was doing, and was like, bro, we need this Marine to stay in the Marine Corps. Like, I want to put on meritorious boards, all this stuff. So the regimental sergeant major went into the office with the other sergeant major and started having conversations about it. And was like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you doing this? And the corporal was like, like, can I speak frankly? frankly? And he straight out told us the, reg- the regimental sergeant major the story about what had happened. And he was like, since then, he's had this issue with me. Since that day, I've I've lost my boots, my boots low. Like this is the third. My haircut isn't right. Know it all too well. And 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 then they literally, the corporal just looked at him and he was like, you know what, Sergeant Major, I don't want to be in the Marine Corps anymore. He was like, you can. He was like, I'm done. He was like, keep that. He was like, this right here just showed me I don't want to be here. My buddy had a tattoo, and we were in Spain, and we were uh, coming back from our second deployment. He wanted to reenlist. He had a tattoo that was just out of rights, dude. I'm talking, like, just out of rights. He couldn't cover it, like, fully with his hand. And uh, 
we took pictures with like a, a big skivvy shirt so that way it looked fine right and it was fine the first sergeant made him put on a smaller skivvy shirt couldn't cover it wouldn't sign off on his reenlistment package he did that exact same thing and he was like you know what first sergeant just keep it rip that shit up i'm not reenlisting and that, you know where he is now in the army yeah well dude and that's the one other thing that uh that i was telling you about bold that he was talking about the other day with with the bcp and the and stuff, and it's like, bro, you want to wonder why the Marine Corps has such a horrible retention? It's because we have an issue with keeping people in, and then they leave and go to the army because, like, all these stupid things. Well, and, I think a lot of them think that it's gonna the grass gonna be green. Oh so yeah, hundred percent. No, hundred percent. A lot of people think that, and then they get in the army, and they're like, bro, this. Is I like, knew that the grass wasn't worse. gonna be greener on the other side. Bro, I did know that, dude. I the only I, way I reenlisted was Marsoc, or if I was gonna, if I was gonna do it, yeah. don't try and be a seal. That was it. Bro, when I talk to people that switch branches, I'm always like, don't do it. I'm like, don't do it. Because literally, you're going to regret it, and then you can't do anything and about it. once you have the Marine And bro, and I mean, I've never, I have every single Marine that I know that has switched to another branch has literally told me. I've never heard one good story. They call it a few problems. Yeah, like I've, I've, I mean, bro, literally, like, bro, and, and people will be like, I had a buddy of mine who's, who's recently been in the Army, and he's like, dude, like, they'll never let you down the fact that you're a Marine. Like, they will keep reminding you. And when you just want to be good and just be a normal good person, they're like, hey, Marine, calm down. Well, because they, they think that they're better than the Marines, when in reality, they know they're not, but they got Oh, no, they, they, no, no, like, when they, what he was saying is that when he, like, tries to, like. Sorry for my own people. Like, no, no like, when, he, when he tries to, like, just do his job as an NCO, people, the soldiers are like, hey, man, calm down, Marine. Like, it's not that serious. Yeah, right. And it's just like, but dude, I'm just doing what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And that's the thing is that, like, our, the standard is so different. Right. And that, but again. But maybe that's why they like you in the army. No, I agree. Oh, and that's, know. and that's why I'm saying, like, with everything, that, with everything that we've talked about in this whole entire thing is that's, again, that's why a lot of what happens is separating us from everybody else. But Absolutely. again, I agree with you 100% accountability at large just needs to be better because we're not, not just in the marine corps oh no everywhere everywhere everywhere, everywhere. yeah it's like dude that's bro, half the problems we have is bro, and, and again it's not just the marine corps it's everywhere perfect exam example my job so when i first started off at my job they had told me when i got the job business casual right so when i when i got to the job this like six almost a year ago I, I went in and I was going in with um, dress pants, a dress shirt, a button up, and that's what I was wearing, right? And sometimes I would wear a tie, but most of the time I would just wear a button up, right? And there was no problem with it, right? And then all of a sudden, like five or six months into working there, I started looking around at all the other employees, and I realized that, like, they were wearing Uggs and flip-flops and, like, jeans and like all this other stuff and i was like and like women walking around with like jumpers on and rompers whatever and i was like oh i was like okay so then one day i decided okay i'm just gonna come in with khakis and um and like you know, just like a, a flannel shirt no one said anything so then a couple of days later i was like about like a month later i was like okay you know what i'm gonna put others on and just see if anybody notices. Because I'm sitting behind the desk all day. Like, who, like, I'm not seeing anybody. So finally, that's what I do. So that just became like my norm. I would go in there with, with a flannel on, uh, I would button it up, jeans or khakis, and I would have my Uggs on, or I would just wear a pair of normal shoes. 
So then all of a sudden, like last week, I get an email. Uh, the whole company gets an email reminding us about the close of the policy of business casual. And I didn't think anything of it. And then all of a sudden I'm walking by one of the, my coworkers offices and he's like, Hey Doug, did you see that, that email we got? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, well, it was brought to our attention that some people don't like your attire. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, that's cool because I don't like anybody else's attire either. I went, and I said exactly what I just said to you. And then I was like, oh, and not to mention, I was like, your shirt that you're wearing that says the company name on it, I don't have any of those. And I was like, everybody else does, but I haven't gotten them. Oh, we got these from different events. That's cool. I haven't met any of them. So it's not my fault I don't have them. That's fair. Like, but what I will say is, hold on. Like, so then, so I looked at him and I was like, you know what, man? I was like, listen, bro, I know it's not you that said it because you clearly would have came up to me and told me right. you had an issue. You wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Or I was like, where if so-and-so had an issue, she would have came up to me and told me. I was like, you know what? Cool, man. I was like, on Thursday, I'll be here in a full suit and tie. And he was like, no, nah, you don't have to do that. I was like, no, I clearly have to. I was like, I clearly have to. So I was like, on Thursday, I'll be here in a suit and tie. So the next day, I, 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 we, I worked from home. So I took, we have like uh, conference call meetings like uh, through Skype or Teams. So what I did was I uh, put my, my picture of me with a suit and tie on. And then that was it. And then the next day I showed up to school, with, I showed up to the school in a full suit and tie. And everyone was like, oh, Doug, why do you look so good? And I was like, oh, because this is business casual. And I was like, why don't you look this good? Because I was like, you're wearing freaking boots up to your knees and a dress down to your short down the and but there's no problem and i was like for now on i'll be dressed in a full suit but my my thing is the accountability isn't just the marine corps it's everywhere yeah. because like you're mad at me because i'm wearing uggs but yet but, you're walking around dressed like this but you know like i always uh, somebody i i forget who it was but I, I was watching a video one time i mean it's a pretty common saying but it's like dress for the job you want not the job you have yeah right like just because you see other people doing something doesn't mean you should, right? So it's like, I personally, like, I've always felt like if you want to set yourself apart from people, well, it all, it, like, it honestly starts with how you dress. 100%. Like, literally. No, and, and, and you're right, because my, my director said that to me. She was like, listen, Doug, she was like, I definitely understand, and I see the same things that you see. But she was like, but that's why I choose to dress differently and right. set myself apart from them. And I was like, I agree. But to be honest with you, I can't stay in the job that I have. So, like, when I when I saw people doing it, I was like, oh, well, you know, I don't really enjoy the job, so I might as well just do it. And I'm not going to lie, I allowed my standards to slip. And and that's why, like, when this happened, I was like, you know what? Mentally, but then you'd be belligerent, like you are, yeah. and you're fixing the problem yeah. while setting a new standard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you continue to set that standard. Well, guess what? People will come to you. Like... You know, it's like don't stoop down to the competition. Make yeah. the competition come to you. Like yeah. you know what I'm saying. Like yeah. so, like make well, yourself then, up there. And then the the same day, I told my buddy about this. So my buddy Brandon, um, he owns a supplement company. So I told him he's a marine too, and I told I him, am subs. Yeah. So I told I told him about this, and he was like, "Bro, you have a, a, a picture of you in your dress blues with your medals on." I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "Make that your profile picture for Skype," and I was like. <laughs> So I did that, and (laughs) no, for real though, like, like even today, like I mean, I like dressing like this, but I realize that 
very soon here. This is not going to be my reality any longer. Yeah. It's going to be, you know, slacks, collared yeah. shirt, you know, that's going to be my world. So it's like, even today, like, I'm, I was out before, you know, um, I came here, which is why I'm dressed like this. But, it, like, I thought about going home and changing. Yeah. Because what appearance do I want to give to people? Yeah. Not this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm cool with doing it with, like, you know, like, in a situation like this because... First of all, everybody listening to this most likely is a veteran. Yeah. I mean, we ju- this is how we dress. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've like, thought, I've thought, I've had that thought of my in mind is like, should I change my attire on the podcast? I've thought that. Listen, it's not. I've thought that. I've thought, it's not I've a thought bad it, thing. But some people are like, no, like you're like the you're. It's a chill environment. Why you can would keep you... it a chill environment while having a professional manner to the way that you present the podcast? Yeah. And the way that you know. You can make it so that way, like, listen, you have, you want to have somebody on your podcast. Well, listen, you want to hold some type of standard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sure, so, like, sure. like you, you don't want someone showing up here with, with greasy looking and, you know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? Like, for real, though, like, not to say that it could, it, it could happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you just want, like, I feel like setting a standard for yeah. yourself. Like, if someone shows up to my house and I don't like what they're wearing, I'm not going to tell them, hey, you need to go home and change. Hey. Like, I'm not going to be like, hey, exactly. Man, Fix your jeans. Like, but if you set the standard from the start, yeah. now you, you could be like, hey, listen, dude, like, you know, I'm trying to uphold a certain image on the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, I want people to, you know, really take this seriously yeah. and, like, listen to what we have to say. And the reality is, is, like, you know, uh, perception is reality and people's first impression is typically what they cling to. And, yeah. you know, people say somebody sees this on Instagram mm-hmm. and they, you know, not to say that, you know, everybody would, but people are judgmental. Yeah, all of you, all of you. Right? So, like, you want to set yourself a standard so that yeah. way even those people can't judge you. It's you know No, it's, it, it's so true because, like they, like you said, like, especially in today's world, if you don't see something that you like, you're going to scroll past it. Right. Or if you see one thing wrong, you're like, oh, well, you know what? I'm, I'm done. If you're I'm not watching a video, watch yeah. listen, you want, if you're watching a video, you want the person to be credible. Yeah. Typically, somebody even even if they're not, yeah. they seem more credible if they're dressed as a credible individual. Very true, right? Yeah. You may be as credible as they as they come, but somebody looks at you and goes, "Well, he's in sweatpants and you know a t-shirt." Mm. I'm not listening to this guy. Yeah, I don't agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the reality. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I mean, like I said, I like to dress like this. Yeah. I like. I mean, I, dude, I wear sweatpants probably more than anybody. Yeah. But you know, the reality is, is like well, as soon as I start becoming a financial advisor. The days of me going out to the store in sweatpants. Those days are over. What do you yeah. see a client? Yeah. Sweatpants, you know? No, yeah. Yeah. That's very true. That is very, it's very true. very true, dude. I'm telling you. Perception is very much a reality. And people don't take enough account. Oh, I want to be who I want to be. I want to dress the way I want. But guess what? Nobody else does. How do you want to make money in this world? You got to set yourself apart from the competition. If nobody else is willing to do that, well, and you do well. You're already setting yourself apart, even if it's by a minute amount. The more and more, it's like it's like you know, building blocks. You know, you gotta yeah. start with the foundation. Like that's your foundation. Yeah. If you walk outside the door every day and you feel good about what you're in, well, you you might act a little different. You might be a little more confident. You might carry yourself a little differently. Bro, that is very true. That is very true. I'm just going to end it there because I think that was a very good 
I it's think been good. Was, yeah. So, do you have anything uh, you want to? Any last minute thing that you want to? No, man. This was a really. I mean, this is a unique experience, man. Yeah. I've done anything like this. So well, thank you for cool. coming. I appreciate you driving out here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. Thank you to everybody who hopped on. I appreciate you. And uh, have a good night. Have a good one, guys.